Greetings and welcome to season two of the Tinfoil Tavern, the Cocktail Field Conspiracy. Well, no, the Cocktail Field Podcast, because we don't just do conspiracies now, based from Taranaki, New Zealand. For each of you, for those of you, oh man, this is a great introduction. I'm not going to start again, then we'll carry on. For those of you new to the podcast, each episode, Hannah picks a topic, a new topic to research and deep dive into finding out everything she can and fact checking up a storm. Also, while finding or creating a suitably themed cocktail or drink, are we going to stick with cocktails or are we going to expand that out to other beverages? We can probably expand it to other beverages. At the moment, it's cocktails. cocktails. Yeah, yeah, to go along with said topic. While myself, on the other hand, does absolutely nothing, going so far as to not even know what we are about to talk about, but it has also become a bit of a tradition to start things off with a savage introduction, and tradition states that Hannah gets to go first. Ladies first, although that's the only time that, uh, never mind, <laughs> this is my colleague Thomas, also known as Patrick, also known as the poster child for abortion rights. Normally I'd roast Hannah back, but I don't like to engage in mental combat with the unarmed, so we'll just go straight into our podcast. <laughs> Would you like to taste your cocktail? Oh yeah, so what's in our cocktail? Now you tell me what's in it while I drink it. I'm telling you what's in it, I'm, call- I'm telling you what it's called. Oh, okay. Well, and this is called the Calmag. But are you about to do that thing where you just go silent, like you start drinking yeah. as I start drinking? So yeah. we just have this dead... No, don't respond to me. Take your sip so I can keep talking so our podcast doesn't have this 10-second of <sighs> dead air. What, so what's it called, sorry? Gotta make a good martini. This is a Calmag. It tastes like your kind of drink. Is it not yours? It's mainly gin. Well, it's pretty good. I like gin. It's just got that little bit of a Hannah kick to it. You like you like a drink that's a little bit smacky. I do You're like a little a, bit hardcore. A drink that's a bit smacky. Yeah. So this is called a Calmag. It's actually a tr- pretty traditional Gibson martini. What are these? Pickled onions, cocktail onions. Oh. So the difference between a Gibson and a, a traditional dirty martini mm-hmm. is instead of olives, you use cocktail onions. Right. I thought they were like little fruit, so I'm glad I knew they were onions before I took a well, bite. You love you love pickled onions. Yeah, but I don't like pickled onion when I think it's like a little de-skinned grape or something. And I'm you speaking think it was so- a lychee? Yeah, I thought it was a little lychee or something. And I was like, oh, this looks nice. And I'm glad I didn't go into yeah, expecting... Pre- I guess prepare yourself mentally because it's a cocktail onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- that's all good. Um, sorry, I know you've only said it twice. What's the cocktail called? So this is actually a very traditional Gibson martini. So our traditional Gibson is called Calmag, which is a drink that is made up of calcium, gluconate, magnesium carbonate, and vinegar, which sounds delightful. Doesn't actually sound delightful. No, no, yeah. No, but it's used as a purification drink for the subject that we're going to be discussing. Any guesses? Okay, okay. For a subject we're going to... COVID? No. Is it disease related? No. Is it... Okay. I can throw Is out, it something I can, stupid, like trying to cure gayness or something? No, although I do think they try and do that. Yeah, well, the cocktails? Not the cocktails. Because I'd come out if that was a camp you could go to. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw you some, like, hints. Okay, okay. Give me some more hints. John Travolta. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Okay, carry on. Aliens? No. David Miscavige? Nope, never heard that name. L. Ron Hubbard. Never heard that name. My God. Scientology. Is the topic. Yes. Okay. You've heard of Scientology, yeah? Yes, I have. Why did you say Tom Cruise? Because he's a Scientologist. Oh, you said, why didn't I? Yeah. Because I was working working my way up from, like, least obvious to most obvious. Yeah, but 
you didn't say Tom Cruise. You just yeah. said Scientology, which is the end. Oh, yeah. You, there's no... Yeah. yeah. I figured if you hadn't heard of L. Ron Hubbard, who literally invented it... No, I haven't heard of him. Then Tom Cruise would be pointless. No, I've heard of Tom Cruise, though. Yeah, but yeah. did you know he was a Scientologist? Yes. Yeah. That's why I said Tom Cruise Right, before yes, you, you did say that. Yeah, but yeah. you haven't heard of L. Ron Hubbard? No. Okay. So today we're talking about Scientology. Yes, Scientology. Is it a religion? Is it a cult? Is it a club? Maybe it's just an MPRPG. Multiplayer role play game. Oh, M? Yeah, MPRPG. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Per usual, uh, we as in I, because Buzzby knows nothing. I think it's MM. Um, that's if it's online, isn't it? No. Massively multiplayer. What's the online one? O. Oh, OMMP. MMORPG. This is just MM. Massively multiplayer RPG. Okay, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. For once. <laughs> Savor it. <laughs> tastes like pickled onions. <laughs> the Gibson is delightful. Or the Calmag. That's what victory tastes like. It. It's yum. I think that, because it's basically a dirty, well, it's not quite a dirty martini, because there's no olive brine. But it's a, it's a very dry martini. And I think that instead of olives having the pickled onions, gives it a bit of a, more of a brightness, don't you reckon? Oh. As opposed I haven't to had enough. a full dirty oh. martini, which can can have a bit All of an oily taste to dirty it. dirty martinis I've had have been vodka-based, and I really don't like vodka. They're really vodka-based. I think so. Like, the one I had at Shining Peak, like, last weekend, you had a sip of. That was gin-based. I don't remember it. That one was way, way too dirty, though. Oh, no, I remember, because it was incredibly really dirty. dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you asked for it, incredibly dirty. No, I didn't. I said dirty martini. I thought you weren't, like, just like, I want it dirty. No. I'm I, real sure you emphasized that. No, I didn't. I just said kind of a... Can you make me a dirty martini? Because it's not right, on the menu. So, or did you emphasize that to me, but not to them? I don't think I emphasize it because I don't emphasize that because I like a dirty martini, but I don't want them to overload it with brine because that tastes gross. So it's not something I would emphasize. Right. How was that? Because that was incredibly dirty. It was. It was very dirty. Too dirty. And it wasn't quite cold enough. Like I like mm. my martinis ice cold, yeah, okay. which is why I was getting frustrated with you taking so long with the sound checks when you told me that we we're ready. And the Gibsons are just, or the oh. Calmags are just sitting there, like getting tepid. I didn't notice. Didn't you? Or was that sarcasm? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you're pretty. <laughs> Carry on. So, per usual, um, I will go through a brief history before we dive into the wackadoodle. But with Scientology, pretty much all of it is wackadoodle. So, what do you know about Scientology? Mm. Like anything at all? Not, not much. I can recall off the top of my head. Like I've known, I've been told stuff about it. I'm sure it'll come back to me as we do a little bit of this. I'm not completely clueless. Um, though, like, I mean, right now, yeah, I mean, your eyebrows are up, but yeah, you could say I'm pretty clueless. What, what's what's the what's the end goal of this one to say if we think any of it has some credit? No, it's just because we're we're progressing away from the conspiracy. Well, we mm. just because we're opening up to more subjects. Mm. I just think it's an interesting subject. I I like the subject of religion and cults. So, but I mean, are we going to end this with a question? No. So this is really just uh, just slamming on Scientology. Not slamming on Scientology. We're discussing Scientology. Who said anything about slamming Scientology? I'm just trying to work out what the purpose of this episode is. We don't have to do it if you don't want to. No, 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 no. I want to do it. Like, you know, I love this. <laughs> but, but like, because each one we normally end with, like, do you think this happened or real or exists or... Well, okay, fine. I'll yeah. end it with a question. Do you think that Scientology is real? How about that? Okay. Well, um, how about that? How about we just make it a bit more broad spectrum? Like, do we, uh, broad spectrum, do we think it has some credit? Sure. Like, as we go some of these facts, I'll go, I can see how people could think that. A little bit flat earthish kind of thing. If you feel more comfortable with the question at the end, that's fine. I'm just trying to work out the purpose of the episode. You know, to discuss Scientology, so people that don't it's know much about Scientology, good online content. They, they, they might. It's the story, the why. This is it. This is a story, and the why could be why would someone make this up? Oh, okay, or cool. Believe it. No, it's cool. So that's that's a good why. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to have to start counting how many times I have to say anyway per episode because it's quite a lot. It's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy will let you know. <laughs> no, she won't. She's on my side. Oh, actually, I need to give a bit of a shout out to Jared because he's told me over the weekend that he loves the sound of my voice throughout these podcasts. And he wants oh, to he hear did. a lot more that. of it. I heard that. Yeah, he, he finds it really that. soothing. Yeah. I think he does X to it. I'm trying to keep that PG. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right, I think he's right. really into it. I thought that he just said that he liked falling asleep to the sound of your voice. Oh, I think that was after said X. Right. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but yeah. it's pretty clear he's into the sound of my voice. So he maybe actually, it. if you want to pass the notes over afterwards i'll re-record the whole thing and send just it to him just voice. privately That's just because nice. i really know it's thoughtful of you yeah i'll do that if you yeah. join our patreon and yeah, maybe maybe you could replace l ron hubbard's name with jared's name so it sounds like you're referring to jared directly and because you know how when you like someone you like the sound of them saying your name maybe that'd be nice for him mm. yeah okay so scientology was although i say um invented scientology was invented but followers would probably prefer the term discovered I can understand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Um, the L actually stands for Lafayette, which I think is super bougie, to be honest. <laughs> uh, he was um, L. Ron Hubbard, who we'll refer is to. Is Hubbard serial uh, global thing? I th- Ooh. Oh, most of our listeners are from New Zealand, so yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry, Kara. 76% yeah. of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lafayette. Ron Hubbard, who we're going to be referring to as Ron or Hubs or Old Mate throughout this podcast, was born in 1911 in Nebraska, but he spent most of his early life in Montana. Uh, the first bit might be a little bit boring for you, but we're just going to go through a brief, sort of Smash just a brief uh, of Al Ron's life okay. before we get into Scientology I'll sit itself. Quietly and yeah. my pickled onion juice. You can. It's delicious. Stop it. At 19, he attended George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Went Washington, D.C. to study civil engineering, but he ended up dropping out. He started making money by churning out pulp fiction books, which are basically short stories published in magazines, generally considered to be pretty trash writing. During World War II, he became a lieutenant in the Navy. His military accomplishments are either superheroic and decorated or substandard, depending on who you ask. So the uh, the Scientologists think that he was a highly decorated war hero, mm-hmm. and the na- his actual official Navy records are a little bit meh. I, sorry, I guess before we carry on, are, are we um, assuming that all Scientology, what are they called? What's someone that follows Scientology? The Scientologist. The Scientologist. Mm. That all Scientologists are in the same camp here, like they all believe he's... In this case, say a hero versus like there's no some Scientologists go. Not we know the fact that he wasn't, but we still believe in Scientology. Or? That's a good question. Um, I think that he's viewed very much as a Christ-like figure, although it's not Christianity-based religion. But I think they view him as very much a Christ-like perfect figure. So they they th- the Scientologists do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's from like very a little I them. know of Scientology, it seems like that's counter to Scientology, but. I don't know much about it, so we'll carry on. So, so the, the term Scientology, Scientology, he chose the word Scientology to make it sound more legit. It doesn't actually, it's not actually based in science. Okay, that gives yeah. a lot more yeah. discredit to my current thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Oh, and uh, that reminds me before I progress, um, a disclaimer, Jim reminded me when I was telling him about the episode, mm. uh, the Scientologists are a litigious bunch. Um, They're a what bunch? They sue people a lot. Oh, right. Yeah. So if... Um, this episode is only for entertainment values, and we're talking. I am talking in a hypothetical sense. 
and I'm not accusing Scientology or L. Ron Hubbard of anything. And this is for entertainment reasons only. So, um, what well, for the sake of good entertainment, then? Should, do you want to go mostly? Um, do you know? What I'd, do you know? What I'd love what? if they, if they sent me a season to if Scientology. Just sent me a season to cis letter. I would frame good. that bitch. Okay, <laughs> I'd love that. Um, so, if you mostly, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and I'll try and have Scientology's uh, back. I love it when he plays a devil's advocate. I know you do. <laughs> it makes yeah. me so wet. Yeah. <laughs> It's me laughing at that. It was both of us laughing. We both know it doesn't. No, I mean that weird fart sound I made right into the microphone was me laughing at that. Oh, I right, right. explain that because was, I was trying to hold it in. Yeah, I'm going to try and have their back a little bit in this, okay? Oh, for fuck's sake. Is it necessary? So we don't get sued? No, I've already... No, I'll give my disclaimer. This is yeah, for I entertainment. I, I don't know if just a disclaimer will stop us getting sued. This is for entertainment re- reasons only, and we're not accusing anyone of anything. This is just hypothetical. But you can't say that and then definitely accuse people of doing stuff, which I'm well, really I'm not sure accusing. you're... I'm not accusing anyone of doing anything. I'm not accusing Who anyone. Who are you talking about? Alvaron Hubbard. And at the moment, I'm just, talk- I'm just talking about him, his early life at the moment. Okay. I'll, I'll 20% have Scientologists back. Okay, fine. With my zero knowledge. Where was, where was I at? And I was talking about that He's one. a hero or not a hero. Kind yeah, of thing, that's on who right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, his, his war deeds. Uh, so he, he commandeered two anti-submarine vessels briefly. A bit. Anti-submarine vessels. Yeah, during World War II, this is. Okay. Uh, but oh, supposedly, right, okay. No, this is not supposedly, this is a true fact. Okay. He he did commandeer these, these briefly, but he was removed from both due to um, being... Lacking in the essential qualities of judgment, leadership, and cooperation. So, sorry, when you say he commandeered them, he was a captain. He was a captain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he was in like World War Two and stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, his is uh, this guy's life and backstory is so long and rambling that you could do. The, and I know that there are multi-part podcasts just on his life itself before we even get to the Scientology part. Okay. His war, his war years were interesting, and there was a, a period of time where, where there was a, like a, a small incident, shall we say, where and I'm remembering this off the top of my head because I haven't written it down because like there's so much stuff. I was like, that's interesting, but I'm not going to bother writing it down. But now I'm going to tell you anyway. He was was it? Sorry, can you Me- say that ten times faster, please? <laughs> was it Mexico? He was shooting at like a magnesium deposit near Mexico or something because he thought it was just, he thought it was like a submarine, but it wasn't. It was just like a natural formation. And then there was a, another occasion where he was shooting at um, like some islands that he thought were just like uninhabited islands belong to US, but there was actually, actually China maybe or something. He nearly, he nearly like set off a whole, like a whole ass another battle in World War Two, And he got into like quite a bit of trouble about it. So he's, yeah. He's a, a bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, lacking the essential qualities of judgment, leadership, and cooperation is what the, the Navy officially said about him. Okay. His last half year of service was spent in hospital due to a stomach ulcer and other various ailments. That's During this point in time, Hubbard claimed that he was horrifically injured during the war including being blinded um but this is not in any official documents but scientologists say that his medical records were concealed by the military uh, so he claimed that he was like blinded and had all these all these different injuries uh but during this time he healed himself apparently by using quote what he knew and could determine about man and his relationship to the universe cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he slash his followers also claimed many medals. Numbers change from between 21 to 29, depending on which source you read. But the military only recognized four medals and two of those were basically like participation medals. Okay. Yeah. How did you find that out? 
fact checking. As in like that, just yeah, have, these are, you can just go on a military website and see who got what medals. Yeah. Okay. These are matters of public record. So that could also could have been edited after the fact, but okay, to just credit him some more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and some of these, like the, some of the medals that the church said that he won, like, well, I mean, one of them was a medal that didn't actually exist at the time. It was a, it was a medal that had been in World War One, but was not available in World War Two, and he wasn't in World War One. Right. So just it's just yeah. little things like that, like yeah. stolen valor is not cool, y'all. Don't do it. Mm. At this point, Scientology hadn't been uh, invented or discovered yet, of course, but it was the starting point, uh, him healing himself in, in military hospital, of the very precursors to the precursor of Scientology. In the late 1940s, post-World War II, Ron started writing his one of his most famous works, a series of books called Dianetics, which, according to Hubbard, was based on an unpublished book he wrote called Excalibur, which he wrote after a near-death experience uh, years before, in thirty-eight during a dental operation. Um, you can't read Excalibur because it was never published, um, but it wasn't published because it contains data not to be released during Mr. Hubbard's stay on Earth. And apparently... This book, four people who had read it went insane and killed themselves because it's just that amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit like having sex with you. I wouldn't know. He also wrote to President Kennedy in 62 to inform him Maybe that... dad's still listening. I don't... I really hope he's not. <laughs> For fuck's Mr. Sake. Kennedy, yeah, carry on. He wrote to President Kennedy in 1962 <laughs> to inform him that those pesky Soviets had stolen a copy of the manuscript to Excalibur and that the Russian government had offered him $100,000 and a laboratory so that he could work for them. Anyway, this super secret manuscript that totally exists inspired the Dianetics. So you can't read the original Excalibur because it's like super important. People kill themselves because it's so amazing. But and the Russians stole it? And the Russians stole it. Right. Yeah. Russians they, got a lot of good stuff locked up though. Yeah. Like the more we do this podcast, the more it's like, man, Russians have got like the, the Chamber of Secrets kind of thing. Yeah, they do. Mm. Yeah. It was like, because like it was Nazis and then it was Russians. Who's mm. it? Is it still Russians? Are Russians like the modern day Russians? Russians are the modern day Russians. Russians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Good going, Russia. You'd be like. No, no, no. Ooh, yeah, no. No, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying. No, good. you're really pretty. Carry on. <laughs> So Dianetics. Dianetics is basically, or was basically, is basically a pseudoscientific theory where our fears and our illnesses are psychosomatic and able to be cured. The reason for our physical and mental illness is trauma being stored in the mind and this creates engrams, which is like a cellular recording of emotional or physical pain, which need to be gotten rid of. Is that saying all? Like if you break your leg, that's an emotional thing? Yeah, so like the trauma could be emotional or physical, but if it's physical, then it's, it's still going to be stored as an emotion. But it could also just be an emotional trauma. That's but you can cl- cure your leg for emotional and Oh, no, so treatment. you clearing an engram isn't going to clear your broken leg. What they're saying is if you break your leg mm. and then it heals, mm. years later you're still going to have an engram about that because it would have caused you some kind of trauma. Okay, okay. So the right. mental trauma is still there. Okay. So the mental trauma from a physical in- uh, injury or the mental trauma from some kind of uh, emotional... Abuse or whatever, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All create engrams. And if you don't get rid of your engrams, then your, your mental your mental state is never going to be able to heal and you're never going to be able to be like a, a full-on healed person. Okay. No, I, can, I could believe that. 
Yeah, you, you probably did, and that's why I call you Patrick. <laughs> a little more confidence next time, please. <laughs> so once you get rid of your engrams, that is when you are... Can we able- call them angry grams? Why would you call them angry grams? To give them less credit. And then you had their defense. So that's right, we'll call them angrams. We'll call them engrams because that's... What they are. What they're called. Yeah. Yeah. No fun on this podcast, guys. I apologize. <laughs> So to to get rid of engrams, you you need to you get to a stage that's called clear. Remember, we're just talking about Dianetics at this point, not mm. even Scientology yet. Oh, that's not a part of Scientology. It it is, but at this point, it's not Scientology. So this is the precursor to Scientology. Right, right. Yep. This is where he expands on it to create Scientology. So to become a clear, um, you have to be audited, which is like a super dry term. It sounds like you're doing your taxes. And although I like people that are mature enough to do the taxes, in this case, you want it to sound a little bit more mysterious, but it's not. So it's like, you know, just so fucking dry. Um, the book was released as a psychological self-help book. We'll, we'll go back into the auditing process in a bit, mm-hmm. but okay. we'll just skip past it and just yep. bash out what Dianetics is. Yep. Yep. So the, the book Dianetics is released as a psychological self-help book. Um, and it was pu- popular with the public. But actual psychologists, doctors, and scientists were not impressed and basically told him to stay in his lane, which wasn't ideal for old hubs because people don't like being told to stay in their lane, apparently. So he was... <laughs> also, people that know us, that was a real personal jab. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was getting getting the feeling here that Hubbard was a little, little bit arrogant, a little bit self-important. Um, he, was, he was pretty glowing in his own self-praise about his book. I mean, he, he describes it as a milestone for man, and he compares it to man's discovery of fire. And well, he compares oh. it to man's discovery of fire, but superior to man's discovery of the wheel and the arch. Okay. It's this is the hidden source of all psychosomatic ills and human aberration. I'm, I'm interested to read it. <laughs> Are you going to read it? <laughs> I might get an audio book or something if it exists. <laughs> Hopefully, he narrates it. That'd be great. Hmm. But. Despite the fact that the book was ridiculed by the medical and scientific community, it was, uh, like I said, very popular with the public and a foundation started popping up everywhere. So courses started popping up across across the country uh, teaching Dianetics and he was training people to, to teach or receive auditing, which is obviously to, to rid you of these, these engrams and hopefully become a clear. An auditing session involves an auditor and a subject, and the auditor asks different questions of the subject. Usually, an auditing session involves a device called an e-meter, but uh, this wasn't invented until a couple of years after the start of Scientology. So modern-day auditing sessions uh, would, would include this device, but back then it was basically just asking a bunch of questions to the subject and reading their responses. Are we going to go into more about what an e-meter is? Yes, we are. Okay. Um, oh, we can we can actually discuss it now. That's fine. the 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 emitter is kind of like, kind of like a lie detector mm. test. Uh, it's in the same way that it measures your electromagnetic pulses, um, resistance, and stuff like that. But it's not quite as high tech as a as a lie detector, like a proper one. Mm. And even then, like I say, high tech like a lie detector. But even modern day lie detectors, like. I don't feel they should be admissible in a court of law, and in many countries they're not, and many places they're not admissible in a court of law because it's very easy to give false readings. But basically this uh, device is That's working... That's if you know, or it's some people give completely different readings, or like they, they can be gamed if you know how to game them, is that what you're saying? All of the above. People give oh. different readings. Okay. People give readings that could that the, the lie detector could 
indicate guilt, but actually you're just feeling s- stress in a situation. Um, if you're like close to the subject, uh, like your, your kid got kidnapped and they're accusing you of, of killing it. I was just thinking about the McCann's and uh, how they refuse to do a lie detector. Yeah. It, can, um, it can show you feel some level of difference towards the way you have answered that. Well, you could feel the McCann in this case, like if, mm. they did like, if they did a lie detector, they might feel a massive amount of guilt and the, the, the lie detector might pick it up, but they might just be feeling guilt because they left her unintended and not because they killed her. Oh, what the, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So if you, if you, yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite well, well known, though, about lie detections. It's, it is still admissible in the court of law in some places. But do you think too many of the public take it as a a lie detector test? Yes, yeah, yeah. too many, too well, many the, people like, We just public. referred to it in that yeah. title, yeah. When okay. it, is, that's, it is what it's called. But, yeah. but basically, the science of this is, is similar. It's just measuring um, your resistance, your, your electro-resistance and stuff, yeah. um, in response to questions. So, so they'll use these uh, to, and until you're like, until the needle is stable, you're not clear. Okay, so then they'll encourage you to talk about things of traumatic stuff to release them. Is that what it is, or yeah, yeah? yeah so, so the questions that they ask, some of them are like real banal sounding, like just like weird, or like tell me a secret, and they'll repeat it again and again and again. Um, and you're basically just waiting until the the needle is clear on all of it. You're not necessarily trying to elicit truth out of them. You're just trying to get rid of these engrams and they make you go like that, which is me wiggling my finger back and forth quite a lot because everyone else is listening. You put your finger down. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it it just helps the the auditor determine how effective the session is is going and keeping tabs on the the emotional charge. So you don't just get cleared after one audit. You've got to keep being audited until you are clear? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're getting audited repeatedly. Yeah. All the time. But, um, Do you know the questions? I assume there's a lot. Oh, there were quite a lot. And can you Google be, the questions? You can Google the questions, but oh. yeah. Hmm. But probably like Googling, I think it's the same as Googling, like, what would a psychologist ask you? It's going to be dependent on the person. Oh, so once you've answered, you've got some reaction questions, so you keep getting asked more questions along that line until, okay, right. I actually did in yeah. uh, the the research of this. I did a Scientology quiz because mm. you go on the website and you can do a quiz mm. and it's 200 questions long. Mm. I did this whilst I was sitting in a hotel room last week. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it doesn't actually give you any results. It just tells you, basically tells you, due to your results, we highly suggest that you immediately make an appointment with your nearest Scientology center. <laughs> no matter what you do. I'd, I'd assume so. Right. Like I'd be willing to put money on that that message would come up regardless of your. Yeah, I want to do that quiz now. I mean, it will take you a while. It's two hundred questions. Yeah, yeah. True. But yeah, you okay. can do it if you like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that I thought that was interesting. Like, it's just a really good hook. Like, makes you feel kind of. Well, you put in two hundred questions, so clearly you got a bit of interest in. I just wanted to see what I I as as it was expecting there to be more comprehensive answers on the test. Like, oh, it shows that you, I don't know. Some kind of answer, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't give you anything. To take a quiz to know how your faith or belief, how close you are to God. You know, like if there's a quiz released by that religion to answer that question, it'd be interesting to take. I'd go take a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I took it is because I actually remembered discussing Scientology with a, with a good friend of mine um, a few years ago now, mm. and he. he He'd just gone in and done a, a quiz. I can't remember if he's like... Is he a Scientologist? No, no, okay. he's not. Right. He's not. Uh, I think he was like sucked in by one of those people inside the roads that yeah. this is in Australia. Yeah. Um, you got five minutes for a survey? 
yeah that kind of thing but he he did this quiz and then he he called me about it because he's like oh they said that because of my um how I answer the questions i'm quite unique and i'd really i'd really benefit with and i'm really the kind of person that scientologists like or something like that i can't remember quite remember it was, it was a long time ago but basically they got into this quiz and they flattered his ego by saying that his mind was exactly the right type of mind and stuff right. and i was like no absolutely do not do that you absolute fucking muppet he was a little bit offended but it's fine uh, but I just always that always stuck in my mind, so I, I figured that there'd be some. I thought it was going to tell me that my mind was unique as well, right. and that I should follow it up because but it came up I'm with special. The holy and unique. Shit, we're terrified of you. <laughs> just didn't come with anything. It just humanity. said make an appointment soon. But yeah, I was, I was expecting it to be like a little bit of a hook and be like, "Oh, you're so super." It just goes. <laughs> you finish the quiz. It just goes. I'm sorry. No. And page closes. <laughs> just like a link to my Completely closest psychologist no. <laughs> or look or liquor store, whatever. <laughs> so that's that's dianetics and that's a very brief overview of dianetics because like i said the whole subject is massive yeah i like it mid 1950s uh our old hubs mate he announces his first clear person uh, and this is still in the dianetics phase Uh, a few years later so he yeah he released dianetics at the start of the 1950s and sorry and it took a few years to have the first clear the first, person. The first ever clear, yeah. So I thought you said during the that that you had to be the person asking you the questions was a clear. No, you don't have to be a clear to be an auditor. Oh, I assume, oh sorry. No, I assume okay. you were in modern Scientology terms, but back then I don't think you had okay. to be clear to be right. an auditor. Yeah, you just no. knew how to get the results. Okay, yeah. yep, right. So his first clear person, I mean, and I assume he himself was a clear, then he might have been auditing this person. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So he, he decides to show off this first clear person at a rally and he claimed that being clear makes um make, makes basically makes your mental state fantastic so you'd be able to remember every moment of your life and things like that. Yeah. You know? Okay. So I he, can imagine being clear is probably good for you. I mean I imagine so if it was a, a real thing. Yeah. Like go for a lot of therapy, release a lot of your trauma, come to understand all of who you've been. That exists in just normal world. Mm-hmm. It's probably good for you. Sure. Yeah. So he introduces a young woman to the stage. Her name is Sonia Bianchi or Bianchi. I'm not sure how you pronounce we'll it. We'll call her Bianchi. Bianchi. Um, and he was telling everyone that she's going to be able to remember every moment in her life and all this. But when the audience starts asking her questions, she just flubs it entirely. And a lot of the audience members left. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like it was. it was... It was horrific, apparently. Okay. Like, she was, um, I can't remember, I think she was a student of physics, um, and some of the audience members, like, started asking her, like, real basic questions, but she was just, like, had some massive stage fright and just couldn't remember any real basic stuff. The process of being up on stage, you gave her a new trauma and completely removed her of her clear status. It's hilarious that you say that, because that's pretty much what Ron said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It makes a lot of sense. Um, But, yeah, she couldn't remember anything, and at one point, Ron turned his back on her. And one of the audience members asks, so what colour is Ron's tie? And just nothing. But yeah, he said that the that she went and like basically went to shop and got into all these more engrams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that sucks for her. Um So you you're flawless until you become into a stressful situation. <laughs> yeah. And then you works. have all these other engrams that you Yeah, no, and then all the engrams come flooding back and your life's over and Or just new engrams, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But suddenly all all the magical powers disappear if you're in a stressful situation. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. So, so Dianetics had taken off quite well, despite the fact that actual professionals had poo pooed it. It had 
gotten pretty popular with the public and he enjoyed for the first time in his life a little bit of financial security and stuff. Uh, this happened and for that and, and just general, the buzz died down. The follow, by the following year, Hubbard was in a bit of financial and legal trouble um, due to spending money faster than he could make it. And also some of the people, the members of his foundations, they were getting sued for practicing and teaching uh, what they were classing as medicine, but without a license. So, yeah, he was getting in charge of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was given a reprieve when one of his earlier fans, um, a millionaire called Dan Purcell, decided to invest in the organization but things didn't go very well they went well at first but they ended up going south quite quickly um you keep spilling i'm gonna try one of these pickled onions okay you try one of those pickled onions yeah, yeah. so Purcell, he is pretty much running the foundation now the, the foundation pretty much belongs to him in in all, all the ways that, that matter but hubbard is still on board as like the domain brings his last time sorry the millionaire purcell purcell right but yeah, him and Hubbard's Hub- still running it. But Hubbard's still effectively Purcell running it because it. he's the brains behind it. But Purcell now is owning it. But he ends up having to file for bankruptcy. Who does? Purcell. Right. Yeah. Hubbs isn't happy about this, obviously. But um, that's when he had the brainwave, the the, the life changing brainwave. Hubs. Hu- yep. Yep. Ron Hubbard, of turning Dianetics into a religion because at that point wasn't religion, of course. Okay. It was the psychology, self help. Mm-hmm. But then the the ownership basically went to Purcell, and uh, Purcell had to like claim bankruptcy and everything. So Hubbard is like, I'll turn it into religion. Is there some financial tax benefits to having a religion? As oh god, so many. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so many. I'm trying to be devil's advocate, and that little question just I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. No. So Hubbard, um, and this is one of those things that people with a passing knowledge of Scientology, be like, oh yeah, that dude who said that if you want to get rich, make a religion. They're talking about Ron Hubbard. Okay. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Um, so I looked into that and although it's not definitively written down, it seems to have come through a lot of sources that L. Ron Hubbard did actually say that years before he invented Scientology that he had said on occasion, multiple occasions, if you want to get rich, invent a religion. Mm. And then someone else, another author had said to him, if you want to get rich, invent a religion. So before you can say the word Xenu, he invents a religion. The word Xenu? We'll get to that later. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, despite originally pitching Dianetics as a science, he realised that religion is totally where the money is at. Which is, if this was visual, this is where I'd insert a meme of Tom Cruise being like, show me the money. You know, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, or yeah, Jerry yeah, Maguire. Because Tom Cruise also Before we carry on this, we need, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, did you, get, you. The, did yeah, you get the link? Yeah, I get the link. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and the show me the money. Is that what's the name of that film? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear that. But, um, before we carry on, do we want to state our? No, I don't even know how to do that. I say our general beliefs towards religions in general. But I am no. an atheist. Staunch, eh? No, I'm not staunch. Aren't you? I am an atheist. Mm. I'd be really happy to have my mind changed. Mm. I don't want to be an atheist. I just am. Right. How would you describe me? I reckon you're more agnostic. You're Which, you're far more spiritual than I am. Yeah, okay. I'm happy with that description. Yeah. Let's carry on. Yeah. So before we dive into the belief systems of yeah, science... So what does agnostic mean? Oh, uh, it means that you're not sure either which way. Okay, yeah. 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 So I'm kind of agnostic in my sexuality. <laughs> I'm not agnostic about how I feel about you. Then you're atheist in your sexuality. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
I threatened to come out of the closet before, though. You did, yeah. Yeah. Was that because you liked the Gibson so much? Despite the fact, because I wanted to go to cocktail camp. (laughs) Oh, you want to want to go to cocktail camp? Right. I need to drink the gay away. Sorry, I thought you were actually uh, complimenting my cocktail. But There'd actually be a lot of so many gays there. Go, yeah, let's go. Yeah, cocktails. <laughs> Drink the gay away. Fabulous. Yeah, it'd be such a great place to go. Who would? Yeah, you go, no, it's another person here just for the cocktails, not for the because you're a true <laughs> believer in the need to change quotation marks. <laughs> you really feel the spirit. <laughs> I don't want to feel anything inside me at that camper. Apart from the spirit. Yeah. Of gin. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we will get into um, the belief systems of I'd Scientology. Blast it, though. I'd love it. Yeah, you'd love it. <laughs> yeah, at so that good. point, you wouldn't even know. You know, know what? Talking. You know exactly no, what I mean. Um, you know. No, you know. You wouldn't I'm even not know. Sure. You know. I don't think we're talking about religion. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sort of thinking, I don't think I've ever been that drunk yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, but at a gay cocktail camp, you probably would be. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You are probably wondering about the Scientologist beliefs, and I'll get there, but not yet. So you're just yeah, going to have to okay. be patient. Yeah. So I want to I want to take a look at some of the more kookier stories that I came across during kookier, yeah, kookier. What's that? Like wilder, crazier, like, okay, just a bit a bit cray cray. You got some you got some real good believable stories. No, no, only the entertaining shit. This is the entertaining okay. shit. Do, so during my research, as we discussed before, like Al Ron Hub's mate, he's got quite a, a bit of a arrogance to him mm. and he likes to make himself like look and sound good and everything um, and there was like quite a lot of tall stories spun in over his time and i i enjoyed reading about some of them is he scientology's chuck norris yeah but like a the thing is with chuck norris i don't think chuck norris describes himself as chuck norris oh he does i've seen the adverts i think i think that's satire making fun of the fact that people made all these like Chuck Norris jokes and memes and stuff, and he like is poking fun at himself. I don't think he's the person. I think that, he's leaned into it. Yeah, he's leaned, yeah. leaned into it because it's funny. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with Chuck Norris doing that. Like no, that, no, 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 funny no. advert yeah. with the plane and everything. He's poking fun at himself and the like the everyone thinking that he's Chuck Norris wears a hat to protect the sun. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, he didn't come up with that. L. Ron Hubbs, he like did gliding and stuff in his youth, and he said that people called him like a Flash Hubbard. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't, though, did they? <laughs> <laughs> like, you made that up yourself, oh, didn't you, Ron? L. Ron Hubbard, Chuck Norris jokes now. <laughs> yeah. So some of the ones that maybe maybe chuckle across my research, um, just some of his tall tales, because he reminded, well, reading these, some of these stories reminded me of a colleague I had in the UK, and we called him Two Sheds. And I can't remember why we called him Two Sheds. And I think it's because, it's, I think it's some kind of Yorkshire oh, saying, like... I forgot the burn I had reloaded all week for you. Oh, you remembered it now, suddenly? Yeah, yeah. All right, go on. Because your nickname was going to be Ramen. Two minutes and you're done. That's your nickname. No, it's your nickname. That's your nickname. No, no it's your, no, it's That's your, your nickname. nickname. <laughs> That's your nickname. <laughs> Is that what your comeback would have been? No, that's your nickname. <laughs> no, you said it was sort of mine. <laughs> Oscar hits me with that. And I go, awesome. <laughs> Shit balls. Yeah, he reminds me of a colleague I had, and we called him two shares, and I, I, I don't know why, but I think it's because like, if you said your dad, because uh, I remember asking one of my colleagues about this at the time. This was years ago, like, like over a decade ago. And it's like, uh, if my dad, if I told you that my dad built a shed in the backyard, then he'd be like, my dad built two. And I think it's oh, like some like kind of Yorkshire one upping kind of thing. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but basically it's one-upping. And this guy mm. had so many tall tales. And like, we did the mass calculation one day mm. because of, he claimed to have slept with like 
so many women we did them uh, in a year we did the mass calculation and that would have been like two and a half women a day for a whole year and stuff okay. and he used to say that he like drank two liters of whiskey every single day and he was like totally fine and all this just like a lot of tall tales and before he joined the company that we were at this guy's hilarious like he was actually a real nice person there okay <laughs> and he was a delivery like a delivery man before that yeah and like He'd always be telling stories about, oh yeah, I delivered, I delivered this stuff there, and she, she, this this woman, answered the door, and she was just in like a skimpy nighty, and she invited me, and we just had sex, and then she made me a full English breakfast, and this stuff happened like all the time. Good to him. story though, I love the I mean, little great second stories. part of that. Full English, yeah. what was in the full English full, breakfast? Yeah, full English breakfast. After yeah. having sex with someone that you just knock on the door, and there's like, but this it wasn't like dream. a one-off. It was just like this happened to him all the time. Just like ah, she was like super hot, and she her husband wasn't home, so she from, invited like, me what's in. What's his name from in between us? Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except he was like a t- older, lanky Yorkshire-ish person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like he, yes. Well, he was young, and they're southern. Right. Yeah, okay. But yeah, he reminded here. L. Ron Hub. Some of his stories remind reminded me of our dear two sheds. He loves clunge. <laughs> Ron Hubs, yeah. my colleague no, uh, from all, in between all us. of the above, yeah. <laughs> so, um, sorry, in, do you, you're holding your cocktail there, like I'm the close to your mouth. Do you need me to spiel for a minute so you can take a sip? Because drinking is an important part of our podcast. It is. I really want a cocktail onion, but you said I'm not allowed to. No, no, my, go my for it. You pass the notes over. I'll read for a smidge and you take a cocktail onion. You. You're not passing the notes over. You just deep you, throat that. You won't be able to read my handwriting. <laughs> You know you won't. <laughs> last last week's savage burn was not a savage burn. It was just a. It wasn't really just, that savage. Just a fact. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Loving it. I do love a Gibson. Right. So some of Elmon Hub's little stories. So he this these and these are all from authorized biographies that science that Scientology has released. So this isn't even like people saying, "Oh, he said that." This is actually stories that you can read in his authorized biographies released by Scientology. Right. So um, he claims to have studied and uh, toured around Asia in his youth, where he studied mysticism, he fought pirates, he studied with Buddhists, and he met a Hindu who could hypnotize cats. And the biography goes on to describe his adventures in the remote reaches of Western Manchuria. He made friends with the ruling warlords by demonstrating his horsemanship on an island in the South Pacific. Fearless boy calmed the natives' fears by exploring a cave that was supposedly haunted, but by showing them that it was, the rumbling sound from within was nothing more than an underground river. Now, in reality, his visits to Asia, like this is this was just like one very small section. Like there's mm. a lot of these stories. Like oh, he lived. I was enjoying this, the bullet points. That was nice. Yeah, he, yeah. Like yeah. he lived with this tribe for for ages and stuff. But in reality, he he visited Asia like probably twice uh, on family holidays. He definitely wasn't like going around making friends with uh, people that could hypnotise cats and stuff. Although that would be a fantastic skill to have. Yeah, but would you want to hypnotise cats or would you just want to be able to like, talk to them? I know, it'd be pretty funny to be able to hypnotise them. Yeah, but that'd be like to force them to do stuff against their will. Yeah, but you'd just be like... Give me affection. No, I think you'd more in, in Frankie's rapper. case, I'd be like, hypnotise her to not shit in the corner anymore and she's pissed at me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love how classy you are. And the little lines like that can, man, you're fun. You're so much fun. But she does. <laughs> no, 
I'm not talking because I want you to care on the podcast. So don't talk about your kids. Right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so in reality, he went to, he did go to Asia a couple of times, but his personal diary and records from his family, like, he wasn't traveling around doing all, all this stuff. So, sorry, you say his personal diary, that's a public record as well? Yeah, so his, the, these uh, authorized biographies came out much later. Mm. But his personal diaries were actually written at the time when he said this was happening, which is in his teens. And they're public yeah. records somewhere? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, so his public... His actual- does he acknowledge they're real or does he say his personal diaries are fake? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. But they are... They are- it would be easy to make fake... If he did all those things, to create a fake diary and release it and say... Are, are you trying to be a devil's advocate here? Yeah. So in his real, but possibly fake, but actually just they're just real diaries. <laughs> he's he's kind of uh, ma- basically mainly just racist and unimpressed at everything in Asia. And it's not till years, decades later that he's all like, oh, yeah, I was traveling around. Is he still quite racist now? Mysticism. Uh, probably. But okay. he's actually dead now, so probably not. I was talking to a mate last night and I worked out I'm quite racist. And it's mostly towards whiter races. <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, that's that tracks. We we kind of we're yeah. kind of we're white for the. I mean, this I realize yeah. this is a podcast. Yeah, we are. We are white. Yes, we are yeah, white. We are like, white. <laughs> I am super white. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get no, I get something from the TV. Any accent doesn't give impl- impl- implication towards that, but yeah, we're quite white. But my racism definitely leads towards discrediting more white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we are mayonnaise people, and I can't dance at all. Yes, you can. No, I can't. I've seen you do a little bit of ballroom. You rock, you rock at it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Elron Hubs. He also claims that at just four years old, he was made a blood brother of the Blackfoot tribe. This is a Native American tribe. Mm. And he was initiated into their customs and learnt all their secrets. Probably not, though, because historians point out the fact that um, the Blackfoot tribe actually don't have a blood brother ceremony. At all. And I can picture a lot of their secrets are like, sit in the shade so you don't get burnt. And he goes, oh, genius. <laughs> it's so deep. No, I'm devil's advocate. <laughs> I take that back. No, sorry, carry on. He also claims that he was one of the first nuclear physicists in the United States. This is well, as well as being a medical doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is, you know, also not true. Um, he, he did have a doctorate of philosophy. But this came from a degree mill. So basically, um, one of those, you've not heard of a degree mill? Basically, no. you, I mean, this one was closed down. They get closed down pretty quickly. But mm. basically, you just pay them some money and they give you a fake degree. And whatever you want. And- yeah. Okay. So he got a doctorate of philosophy from a degree mill from the Sequoia University, which is a degree mill. It was closed down like ages ago, like in the 60s or something. Can you um, just get... What? No, why can't you just print your own if you want a doctorate in something? Well, because you can't just print... I suppose, but that this way, like a degree mill, the whole point is they set themselves up as an educational institution. I'm telling you people, learn Photoshop, get, or AI, I'll probably do it now, you get a doctorate in anything you want. Make up a school, most places, like jobs I've applied for haven't checked your educational history. Yeah, no, that's true, they don't. Yeah, yeah, you no, worked in recruitment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't. AI and Photoshop, you'll be sweet ass. Oh, there are for some things, like when I was doing technical recruitment, mm. It, like we would ex- we would ask for proof of being like a chartered engineer, for instance. Yeah, but that's what I mean. To get the certificate, easy done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, he also said that he was a spy 
and he was machine gunned in the back in Java on a mission. Machine gunned. Machine gunned in so the back. So not shot in the back. Machine Just, gunned, machine in gunned the back. specifically right. in the back. Being bazooka in the back. Yeah. yeah, in Java, but he escaped in a raft in the open sea, and he survived for weeks without any rations before being picked up. With machine guns in his back. With machine guns in his back. Yeah. Machine guns. Uh, machine guns in the back. Yeah. Um, I can believe that. Okay, fine. Saltwater, very, very good for your skin. Yeah, you can believe that. And there, there were, there were a, a lot of like stories, but those are some. People like, don't need fresh water or food. No, they don't. Yeah, not when you've got machine gunned osmosis. I'm gonna say osmosis. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah no, no, I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> he also made another claim that he was a spy, but this time as an undercover agent investigating and taking down from the inside the industry of. I'll give you a guess. Man, aggressive hand gestures. Aggressive hand gestures. Guess, guess what he was bringing down from the inside. He was bringing down from the inside. Yeah. Just, so, so he wasn't a spy no, he was for a, this company. He no, was he a was spy a spy bringing them, a spy for the government bringing down from a, the a inside. Specific, like, what do you call it? Like an industry or religion or something like that. Like, just like a like a, a movement. Like the Kremlin? Oh, like no, more like a movement. Okay. You can just take. Uh, a is guess. it another religion? Christianity. Black magic. Oh, what? Why would you yeah. want to bring that down? Well, because the interesting thing about this... Oh, sorry, you said Black Magic. I instantly fought Defense Against the Dark Arts. I apologise. Oh, that's okay. It's an easy mistake to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, and that's why I was so... Why would you want to bring that down? Because that's a very valuable skill to have, and wish even Muggle could be learned. It is yeah. a very valuable skill. But the most interesting thing about this, mm. about him being Is that going to be another episode? Are we going to do Black Magic? Not in this one. Not about Scientology. No, 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 but in another episode? Maybe. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So the most interesting aspect about this bit is... Do you want me to do a podcast where I just want heaps of Harry Potter conspiracies and see if you knew about them? No, because I will and you won't. I was going to do the research. So okay. you can have a week off. Sure. All right, I'm away next week, so you can do it then. We've got part two of this. You said this is a two-parter. It is a two-parter. Okay. Carry on. What was I saying? Tell me. Because I was magic. like excited and you kept interrupting me because I was like... I interrupted you with Harry Potter questions, so I'm allowed to. about is- the fact that I find this next bit quite interesting and then you just like talking about other stuff. Yeah, but our whole it's... relationship has been encouraged of Harry Potter conversations. And pretty much only that. 100% that. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. That's all we've got going. <laughs> Black magic. Excited. Go. I'm excited about it because this is it's the most interesting part of his entire life and this is actually true. Mm-hmm. Apart from the fact that he was a spy. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a spy. The spy bit about taking down black magic as a spy is actually whitewashing from the church because they can't deny the fact that he was involved the in church of Scientology. Right. They can't deny the fact that he was involved in black magic because it's been uh, too, it's been too well established and yeah. too well documented. So they're all like, okay, yeah, he was, but he was actually a spy. Okay. Then take it down from the inside. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't before Scientology. This he is was, such a fun topic. I'm glad you said that because I was worried about you know, how we you mentioned about before we're diverting away from our usual conspiracy. Oh, not just the fact that it's usually conspiracy, but you, you you're right. We usually go through like this happened. Was it the parents? Was it conspiracy? Was it the government? And ask questions and stuff. And this is quite different because it's not really conspiracy. It's just talking about an interesting yeah, topic. Well, I also started off with that. I can see you being very defensive of what's the point of this podcast. And you're like, how dare you come into my lane? Eyebrows at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I'm. <laughs> Following along behind you going, this is a nice lane. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So before Scientology, our, our hubs, he was interested in black magic. Mm. In 1945, this is after being discharged from the Navy, Ron became friends with Jack Parsons. Now, Jack Parsons is a genuinely fascinating man. Like, 
absolutely really fucking interesting. Mm. Like I cannot, I, I cannot state enough how interesting this man is. And I probably want to do a podcast on him just by himself because he's that fucking fantastic. And this Ron, if you're listening, would you not give you Deb? This is how you are actually, this is how you become the most interesting man in the world. Not by telling lies about being a Blackfoot blood brother, but by actually genuinely being the most interesting person in the world. Now, Jack... Sorry. You keep calling him the most interesting person in the world. I'm about to tell you why, yeah. Wait. Can I have one, like, counter card? Like, if we have a little Pokemon card duel here, I can play one card back. All right, fine. Yeah, Top Trumps. I can't remember his last name. Well, he's obviously not that interesting, then. Sauron from... Saruman from Lord of the Rings. How is... I mean... What's his name? Christopher. Uh, Chris Lee. Chris Lee. I, I, Christopher Lee. Yeah, okay. No, he is... In, I would say they are probably on a level. Oh, really? That interesting. All right. Okay. Hold on to your butthole, my bro. <laughs> All right, I'm clenched. Go. Jack Parsons. He was actually born with the first name Marvel. Marvel Parsons. Cool. But his mum called him Jack. Mm. Jack Parsons was a rocket scientist and a chemist. Cool. He was one of the founders of the Jet Propulsion Company and Aerojet Engineering Corporations. Both still exist, although uh, Aerojet Engineering Corporations have merged into another company, but they still exist. And he held multiple patents in jet propulsion, jet fuel, stuff like that. And he's considered as one of the most important people in the precursor to the U.S. space program. Without his inventions, the U.S. may have been decades behind. He was an absolute motherfucking genius. And also... OG rocket scientist. OG rocket scientist. And also a diehard occultist. Rocket scientist by day, black magician by night. He was actually... That's cool. He was one. He was a follower and close friend of Alistair Crowley himself. Who is? Oh my fucking God. Like the original cultster. Like one of the... No, I'm too late. Does, does the name Alistair Crowley sound familiar? Like, oh no. yeah, it's a name I've heard, but... No. Really? Yeah. So he was he was like an occult the the British press called him the most wicked man to have ever lived and mm-hmm. he went by the name the Beast Six 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 he was right. like he was, a, he was a black magician and he was personal close friends with him it would have been a lot more impressive if he actually knew how Alistair Crowley was knew what who Alistair Crowley yeah I thought you said how Alistair who? Crowley yeah right, it would have yeah. been yeah so like to say that Jack Parsons was an acolyte of Alistair Crowley would have I think it would have hit more if you'd have known who Alistair Crowley was, but you don't, so it's like, falls a bit flat. Yeah. But Alistair but Crowley we'll, was a big I'm essentially comparing him to Christopher deal. Lee, and we're like, well... Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. he was... Jack Parsons was just fucking amazing. Like, and crazy. Just insane. Yeah. But anyway, I'll, I won't get distracted, because I will... Little Elon Musky. What? Little Elon Musky. No, so much cooler than Elon Musk. Like, so much cooler. Yeah, but I mean, so like, he's doing cool. space stuff and he's a little bit he's crazy. Doing space. Yeah, but this guy was like, opens up a laboratory, basically the precursor to NASA, and is like having firefights with his friends at his workplace for fun. Firefights? Yeah. You know, As like, in gunfights? Yeah. <laughs> and like throwing chemicals at each other and stuff for funsies. And like then going home, like, but also making all these like huge huge advancements in in the space so like just like making all these inventions and shit and then going home and putting on his black robe and like practicing black magic like this guy's insane and i love him 
I love that. I love him. I love that for him. He's amazing. Okay. And I love him. Um, and you never said that about me so much. <laughs> well, maybe if you were a rocket scientist <laughs> and a practitioner of black magic, maybe I'd find you a bit more interesting. <laughs> You're not a wizard, Hannah. No, but he is. Yeah. Yes, but he and a rocket he is Marvel Jack Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> His actual name was a fucking wizard Do and a rocket scientist. Do you want to call it Marvel? Not really, because of because of Marvel. The, okay. Yeah, they just assume. Well, we can't call him DC. Fuck, I'd rather drown it than call it DC. You'd rather drown, jeez. <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah. You've seen those movies. Yeah. I like those movies. Okay, we'll just we'll just skip on we'll just skip on, shall we? So um Jack's family they were quite the last Batman. Uh, okay. Uh okay. 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 the last Batman. What do you mean the last Batman? Pardon? Which which Batman are you thinking of? The most recent well, Batman. Was Robert Pattinson? Yes. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of What's-His-Face. Thought before that, the Batman before that. Ben, ben Affleck, I wasn't a big fan you of You didn't like Ben Affleck? I wasn't a big fan of those, no. Okay, what about the first Wonder Woman? Oh, no, that, that was that was. Oh, so you like some DC films? I've only seen it once. Okay. Whereas all the okay. Marvel no, no, movies no, I've right. seen I've proven my times. point, that's fine. No, you, you haven't, though. You haven't, though. I have. You haven't, though. I've seen, yeah. like, I've seen multiple movies more than once and not like them. I've, I've, seen more, I've, seen, pr- I've seen you more than once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Five years on. So Marvel Jack Parsons, he came from a rich family and he inherited a mansion in Pasadena, which he filled with various transients and bohemians. His basic requirement was, you can come live, live with me as long as you are an atheist and also artistic and fun and cool and shit mm. and that was his requirement mm. so he met our rom through a mutual friend and they took an immediate liking to each other with jack inviting ron to stay at the mansion i could talk a lot about the goings-on at the mansion again like i said jack parsons could be a whole podcast by himself and i kind of kind of might do that because mm. i am fully standing him like fully standing st- yeah what's standing big big fan big okay. fan like if I can Are you talking about Stan as in like M&M? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right, okay, yeah. That's where the word comes from. Yeah. Uh, so I might do a podcast about it. If you don't know, listen to that song. Is it called Stan? Yeah. Yeah, good song. It is a good song. Yeah. Carry on. That of it's very sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose that's how it's meant to be. Anyway, yeah. what's I talking about? Oh, yeah, the fact that I am in love with a person who is dead now, but that's fine. Mm. He invites Jack, my future husband who's dead. Interesting. He invites Ron to stay at the mansion and they have many, many shenanigans. So I've had to basically cut out a lot of shenanigans. shenanigans. Yeah. Many shenanigans. I thought you said shenanigans. 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 That's what we do on our podcast. Shenanigans. There were probably shenanigans. Yeah. And shenanigans and shenanigans mm-hmm. and black magicians. Black magicians. Mm. probably. It sounds like racism, but carry on. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'm just going to have to cut this down to... The yeah, more interesting bits. Yeah, go. That was me taking some of my wine. Yeah, you meant to wait till I talk. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah. you, you <laughs> You're don't... so bad at that all the time. <laughs> I try and talk so you can drink. And because you hold the wine glass up near your face and you look at me like you're absorbing the information because you're a better listener than me. And then when I ask you a question, you go, hmm. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm not very good at timing. <sighs> but anyway. Because <laughs> I'm not very good at timing. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> The most interesting parts about Ron's stay at Jack the Amazing Jack's mansion. Uh, so 
Ron starts bonking Jack's girlfriend quite soon on, um, which is not very cool, but Jack is... Too- Sorry. What's Hubbard's first name? Ron. Ron. What's Ron's his actual first name? Ron. No, it's like Latifah or something. Oh, Lafayette. Lafayette. But no one calls him Lafayette. It's L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron. Okay. Ron. Right. Yeah, yeah, so Ron. Okay. Yeah. So Ron moves in with Jack and soon after this, Ron starts bonking Jack's girlfriend, which yeah. is not very cool because Jack's like, come on, Louie, bro. And then Ron moves in. He's like, going to start bonking your girlfriend. But yeah. Jack's actually pretty chill with it because they've got like a relatively relaxed, broken, open, black magic okay. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack's not too fussed. Mm. Um, and then Ron and Jack, they decide to try and um, bring bring about the, the Antichrist. Okay. As you do, just as a just as a Friday night's shits and gigs. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So they, they they decide to do this. So the ritual to um so the ritual that they did was based on teachings from Alistair Crowley. Sorry, how do you know this? Research. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Could you elaborate some more? Don't worry about it. I'm sorry I asked. Carry on. Yeah. I I it I, sounds like you were there. <laughs> I do fact check everything. I know, but I just wanted to know like how you found this out. Sorry. I fucking wish I was there. <laughs> no. I wasn't. I mean, I'm not you interested in Ron in the slightest. Like, gross. He gives me heebie-jeebies and he's not very attractive. But Jack, jump on that. Jack Parsons. Because he just right. He... No, no. Okay. Well, enough of that going. Just we need to get into the podcast. We're distracting a lot. I Yeah. yeah. It's Jack Parsons. Close your legs. So the ritual to um, bring about the Antichrist. It took two weeks, and it involved quite a lot of chanting, waving swords around, and wanking onto a sheet <laughs> in order to bring forth the Scarlet Woman, who um, is obviously going to be the mother of the Antichrist. So they're trying to like bring forth the Scarlet Woman first, and then they can impregnate with the Antichrist. So they're doing all these uh, all these things. <laughs> Rituals. 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 Yeah. yeah. Wanking. To, yeah. to bring about the Scarlet Woman. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Yeah. Or uh, she was otherwise known as Babylon the Great, which is obviously a biblical reference. Yeah. Um, and she was going to be the mother of Antichrist. In Alistair Crowley's teachings, Antichrist. So is there a woman involved in this? Or does We're getting there. We're getting there. Just listen. We're getting there. Because it's like Shouted at me. super Sorry interesting. Sorry for asking questions. Yeah. So the Antichrist in Alistair Crowley's teaching is also called the Moonchild. And... The, the ritual they're doing is called the Babylon working. Now, after a couple of weeks of really weird masturbation, the pair leave town for a couple of days. And when they return, here you go, the Scarlet Woman is there waiting for them at the mansion. Right. Just just there. She's yeah. just like, just turned up. No shit. Just a beautiful redheaded woman just standing there. She just turned up with a friend. Just randomly. Coincidentally. And Parsons, Jack, he immediately decides um, that she was their Babylon, their Scarlet Woman. Her name was Marjorie Cameron, and she and Jack, for some reason, because I reckon I'm probably way more prettier, were immediately attracted to each other. That's fine, though, Jack. That's cool. And they quickly started a relationship. Uh, Jack and Ron did some more, like, sexy spells and masturbating and stuff to bring about the Antichrist. But... Unfortunately, or fortunately maybe, no Antichrist actually turned up. However, interestingly enough, she did actually get pregnant, but she had an abortion. Okay. Yeah, so mm. she had an abortion. Um, you feel like the Antichrist would want to be aborted. I don't, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what the Antichrist's intentions are. Mm. Yeah, so she was like... Now, in my research, I can't actually figure out whether she was a willing participant of the ritual. I mean, she was 
willing participant in the sexy stuff. Like she was very much willing. She wasn't getting sexually assaulted in any way. She was very much a willing participant in the the sexy times. What I'm not sure about was if she actually knew that there were uh, rituals or not. If she knew she was part of like a spell to bring forth the Antichrist. If she if she knew about it, or if she just thought she was like having some slightly weird sex. So like I can't tell if she knew that she was trying to bring forth the Antichrist, or if she was just like. This is fun sex. Let's keep doing that. You know what I mean? Right. So she she might not have known that she was hypothetically carrying the Antichrist at this point in time. So was she just like having an abortion because it wasn't a good time for her to have a child? Mm-hmm. Or was she having an abortion because she actually thought that she was pregnant with the Antichrist? I have no idea. Okay. It was, it was, you can't tell. You don't know. Mm. But yeah, she she went on to to have this abortion, um. So, like, I guess thanks Planned Parenthood for potentially alleviating the apocalypse. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway, Hubbard he eventually runs off with well, we, the, the the girlfriend of Jack's we first spoke about, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah. Hubbard eventually runs off with her. He runs off with a, a bunch of Jack's money and his his initial girlfriend Sarah. Mm. So Ron and Sarah they they buy a yacht and they are, they're, going to, they're trying to sail off, but Jack is all like, "No, you fucking don't." And he casts a spell to restrain them, and this actually worked. Might have just been a coincidence, but it worked. They um they had to come back to port because like a storm came in just after Jack had finished casting a spell. I believe in you, Jack. Like I believe that if you cast a spell, you cast a spell. Like you cast a storm spell, so they had to come back and they got like I fully on board that we we stand a powerful man, all right? So a storm came about and they forced them back, to, forced Ron and Sarah back to port, and then Jack was able to to take the boat into custody because it was his boat because he owned it because it was his money, and then he sued them and. After that, he he never saw Ron or Sarah again. He ends up marrying Marjorie Cameron, the slut, the redhead, yeah, the redhead, mm. the the woman that he magically conjured, and also who possibly aborted the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, Jack dies in 1952 in a very mysterious explosion at his home laboratory, and that Ron is how to be the most interesting man in the world. Is that my name's not Ron? I know. You just said, and that Ron? Yeah, I'm talking to Ron. Because Ron tells oh, okay, lies sorry, to be right. the most interesting man in the world. Right. Jack doesn't need to because he is just the most interesting man in the world. Right. We didn't even scratch the surface of why Jack Parsons is the most interesting man in the world. Because he is. Okay. Uh, mm, up there with Christopher Lee. But I'm the person that told you that Christopher Lee is the most interesting person in the world. So if I'm like Jack... No, no, we've had that conversation. If I'm like Jack Parsons is the most interesting man in the world, then you can be like, okay, no, but well, then she when also I thinks... put Christopher Lee against you and you go, equally... I think they're both equally as interesting. Like so when I say they're equally as well, mm. after quoting you, mm. you agree with me. I agree with me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with me. Yeah, but when I quote something you've said, agree you agree with, with it. I agree with me. Yeah. Prep. <laughs> so Ron and Sarah, they end up marrying. But Is this still talking about Scientology or are we just on a jack... No, Jack's dead now. Were you not listening? Jack has Jack died. Listening. It just felt like that was a fifteen-minute spiel about Jack. Why not? <laughs> He's far more interesting than Ron. Okay. Did you not enjoy that? No, I did. It just I don't get the Scientology. It's just like after, a bit of background, like, and also <laughs> it was a bit of background, and I was researching it, and then I was like reading really about really into it. Jack, and I was like, 
you know what? Fuck you. You need to know about Jack, and all four of our listeners need to know Are about Jack. Does he? Did he start a religion? No. Okay. Would we follow it? Yes, I would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't start. He he was a black magician. He was like mm. part of Alistair Crowley's black magic stuff. So he was in a religion. Do you seriously believe in magic? No, I'm an atheist. Okay. Is magic religious? Um, I think that to believe in magic, you have to believe in some kind of higher power. I okay. Unless, okay. Okay. Unless you're just talking about like technology that we haven't yet harnessed. Yeah, in which case, I, I, it's not magic. But I feel yeah, like yeah. magic no, no, is no, like... I don't think that's how I'd describe magic. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. no, I'm an, I'm an atheist. I'd love okay. magic. That's why I said I don't want to be an atheist. I'd love like magic and stuff to exist. I just yeah. don't believe it does. Cause no. you, you I've got nothing to ask it. you as you take a drink after that little bit of a spell. So, um, <laughs> thank you for doing it the microphone. <laughs> trying to cover up your slip <laughs> Ron and Sarah they end up marrying but Ron had actually forgotten to tell Sarah the uh, what are you laughing at? No, just wherever this is going the, the relatively crucial information that he was actually still married to his first wife Polly Right. so their relationship got a, a little bit rough with Ron starting to hit her and beat her and stuff you know and she sticks around and she gives birth to a daughter Alexis in ni- in uh, 1950 so sorry we jump because remember we jumped back to 1945 and now oh, we jump forward again I'm vaguely the names I'm not removing the dates but okay that's okay yeah. so this is this is about the time where he's writing Dianetics mm. just to put it back into okay, right. perspective yeah. so he, she gives birth to Alexis in 1950 about the same time that Dianetics is taking off um, and then less than a year later Sarah leaves him when he refuses her ultimatum of either getting help for his violent rages because obviously she wasn't happy that she was getting beaten up. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Or, or she, yeah, obviously fair enough. Or she, or she will leave, and he wasn't happy with this ultimatum. So he ends up kidnapping her and the baby, and he proceeds he proceeds to drive around all night trying to find a doctor that will declare Sarah mentally insane. But he wasn't able to do this. So, you know, doctors were just like, no. So he eventually lets her out of the car, but he keeps baby Alexis. A few days later, he calls Sarah. This is Ron Hubbard. This is Ron Hubbard, yeah. Yeah. A few days later, he calls Sarah and he tells her that he killed Alexis. He dismembered her and that he threw her body parts into a river and he watched them float away downstream. Don't worry, don't worry, it's not true. No, you could have disclaimed this before. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I didn't because it's not true. Yeah. But you're right, I should have anyway, because it's quite true. It is a horrible mental picture. Yeah. So he didn't actually kill Alexis at all. She's she's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. He said that to Sarah to, to upset her because he was annoyed that she wanted to leave him. Because, you know, he, when you're that arrogant, you're like, you can't leave me. And he said it to basically make her quite sad. And he, he let her believe this for literally days, multiple days, that he'd killed and dismembered their baby daughter and just thrown her dismembered limbs into a river and callously watched them like float downstream. He let Sarah believe this for days. Eventually... She finds out that's not true, of course, and she eventually gets Alexis back and she gets a divorce from Ron. The church attempts to deny Sarah's... The church. M- the Church of Scientology, so, modern-day right. Church of Scientology. From now on, when you say the church, I didn't you also chuck in which religion we're talking about? We're or only it, talking or- about Scientology. Okay. So Scientology existed at this point? I thought you said we no, were just so, talking about... No, so modern day, the modern-day Church of Scientology... Oh, okay, right. ...deny yeah. the fact that Sarah was ever married to Ron. Okay. Um, this is probably due to the fact sure, that there's a lot more legal, legal records that prove that they were. Yeah, but they deny it because everyone's against Ron. Okay. Because people are trying to discredit him left, right, and centre. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they they're saying that she was never married to Ron. 
Uh, and it could be due to the fact that he was a bigamous marriage and therefore an illegal marriage. It could be due to the fact that the, the court record was showing that he was um, beating her and did all this horrible too stuff. too much evidence to show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so they're basically yeah. saying none of it's true. Sarah was never married to Ron. Yeah. And they, they even accused Sarah of just some random stuff to try and discredit her, including that she was like a Russian spy. So she keeps pretty quiet over the next few decades about her, all her experiences up until after Ron's death, at which point she allowed a couple of interviews and uh, she shed some light on who she describes as a very dangerous lunatic, obviously Ron, and tells a lot of stories about her time with him and what he was like and basically what a massive piece of shit he was but she didn't dare do this until he was after he was actually dead because she was still terrified of him yeah so sarah you should have probably stuck with the most interesting man in the world because you were dating jack parsons and you gave him up <laughs> to boink ron the ginger like why nothing wrong with being ginger no there's nothing wrong with being ginger but there you is something wrong with tree way though there is something wrong with being ron and ginger Oh, do I think that? Because Ron from Harry Potter's ginger and his name is Ron. Ed Sheeran? What's his name from Queen of the Stone Age? Some fucking... Okay, there is something wrong with being a ginger called Ron when you're a piece of shit. No, there's something wrong with being a piece of shit. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being Ron or ginger. I think my main point there was that she should have stuck with Jack Parsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was like... I'm just calling you out on your... Apart from apart from the fact that he was the most interesting man in the world, he is also like devastatingly attractive. Apparently, I can show you a picture. Mm, that's fine. Okay. Anyway, you're probably wondering what Scientologists actually believe, because we haven't actually covered that yet. Like, oh, oh, so so that was a factual past, and now we're about to go into the Scientology spiel of his previous life. Yeah, we're about to talk about what Scientologists actually believe. Because okay. you don't actually know what Scientologists actually believe. So it's well, no, because you've you've covered, you've said some. This is how Scientology has covered it throughout. No, we haven't books. actually discussed much of it at all. We discussed Dianetics. No, but you like said they weren't married. You said that, that like he went to Asia and joined yeah. these. How is that anything to do with what Scientologists believe? What their faith is? What their faith believes? Oh, I thought that's what they believe that he went to Asia and. No, that's just the- what they think about their founding member. Just not what their faith oh, is. Oh, sorry, not believe about him. No, believe in general. Actually, their, yeah, their, their faith. With you, with you, you. You probably want to go through that because I imagine that you don't know what their faith is. I don't. No. no. So we'll, we'll go through should that. We, should we take a quick little pause, top up our drinks, and, and get into that? That's a good idea. Yeah, let's do it. So we've covered a lot of ground before even getting into what Scientologists actually believe about Ron's background. Mm. So that was on purpose. I wanted to give you some background on on old hubs first before we go into this, just so you're aware of what kind of personality we're, we're dealing with here. I think that was all just a big build-up so you could talk about Jack, but whatever. Um, that was actually the, the reason, and you saw right through me. And I'm sorry about that. No, you're not. <laughs> Zero regrets. So we, we already went through... You're blushing. He's not here. Sorry. No, you're not. Just look up a picture of Jack Parsons. I'm not talking to Buzzy right now. I'm talking to you, my faithful listener. Look up a picture of Jack Parsons and tell me that you would not marry him. So we already went through Dianetics and how the basis of that is ridding yourself of engrams. Or that's the main bit. There's other stuff to it, obviously. And that's, that's the main bit. So Scientology expands on this with the belief that we, as humans, are immortal spiritual beings called Thetans. 
similar to a soul if you believe in reincarnation. So like, you know, if you are a person that believes in reincarnation, reincarnation you believe that your soul gets reborn time and time again to a different body. That's the same as the uh, the Thetan, the Thetan, sorry, in this in this scenario. In this case, the reincarnation itself is actually called an assumption, not a reincarnation. And Are you struggling to read your writing? Yeah, I am struggling to read my writing. <laughs> I can tell that I'm really tired when I'm... Do you want to turn the light on? The, no, it's fine. Okay, you sure? Yeah. I'm just I'm just literally trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. I'm like, was I drunk? No, it was during the week. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> like... But they don't believe that they what like what does it even mean? Do you want to pause for a second? Right, no, I've got no. I'm okay. I've, I've, I'm with it. I'm with it. With right. it now. Like I understand. I understand. Yep. So they they believe that is called an assumption, not a reincarnation, and they also believe that a Satan. This is the bit that's confusing me. Not a human. I've written this really badly, which is why I was like so confused. For any of our viewers listening, Hannah is truly beautiful. Like, she's a <laughs> stunning individual. Shut up. So they believe that a Satan whilst getting reincarnated, sorry, assumpted many times over, they would not come back as a lesser being, such as an animal. You can only go up. You can only go, well, across or up, because they believe right. that animals are lesser. And that is something that I do not agree with. Because the animals are lesser. Yeah, because yeah. humans are shit house. Like, we are. We're totally shit house, with the, with the exception of monkeys. So, <laughs> so the top of the thing is a house cat? I don't know. Like, I don't think I can say top. Like, but like all... that'd be your dream life, right? Oh, oh yeah. If I wanted to be reincarnated, I'd come back as a spoiled house cat. As Frankie, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think that all animals are equal, with the exception of monkeys. Okay, they can go. They can fuck off. Yeah. Um. Not my belief. Just saying. No, just me. I just, I just really don't, don't like monkeys. Yep. So we we did talk earlier, or at least I talked at you about the concept of being a clear and before that you're a pre-clear now after clear you become operating thetan and this is where scientology is expanding on dianetics so after scientology is invented discovered you involves this um this theory that you that you are an operating thetan and your thetan is obviously your it's kind of like your soul your immortal alien soul at this point, official information becomes a little bit fuzzy as one of the main parts of Scientology is that once you are an operating Thetan, you have to do a whole bunch of courses to reach the next level. And there are many levels. And all these courses are quite hex many. So, so when you say there's quite a few levels, how many? Well, there are eight official levels, yeah. possibly up to 15 that have not been published. Right. I'll, I'll I'll get into that in a little bit, like literally, cool, cool. like yeah. in a few minutes. Um, as preclear the first. Yeah, so preclear is the so first. So we're technically preclears. Yes, we're right. preclears. Right. Okay. And then it's clear, and then it's operating Thetan level one. Mm. Yep. So. Oh, so they just called operating Thetan level one, two, three, four, five. After that, or they each got their own name. Yeah, operating Thetan level. Ah, oh, disappointing. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, nothing, nothing very cool. Yeah. But like I said, after this thing... Oh, I'm saying I'm a level 10. is still kind of cool, I guess, but okay. <laughs> so like I said, things get a little bit fuzzy after this point because once you get to this point, these levels are all super secretive because you're not allowed to talk about them because you can only access them once you pay heaps of money. So then you're not allowed to talk about them to other people at all. Mm. So with what we've got to go on, it is actually relatively 
a relatively good amount of uh, evidence we've got. Uh, when you say a lot of money, do you know how much? Some levels? Uh, yeah, so there have been quite a lot of estimates that have been published and some people estimates. think that... To, okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. some people take longer doing courses than other people because mm. a lot of it is about becoming clear. Yeah. So for some people, it might take might take a year to do to become a clear in, in a level and for someone else it might take six months so therefore it's going to be different but it could it could cost you easily to get to a level eight easily up to a million dollars us us right yeah. yeah so yeah we're talking about up to level eight yeah which is the highest level at the Publicized. moment yeah. yeah yeah at the moment but we've got we've got to back back this up and back up what, what level tom cruise eight is he yeah okay He's got the money. Okay. He's got the money. Yeah. Yeah. So to to back everything up, we've got testimonies from ex members. We've also got WikiLeaks. I said ex members, and I thought you said ex men. Ex men, yeah. Ex members, yeah. WikiLeaks, and also uh, files from FBI raids because the FBI took quite an interest in the eighties for various reasons. So we've got like actually quite a lot of, of proper evidence to to back this on. So that is where we're going to base the information for the rest of it because if you go onto the site because. Obviously, they've got a website. If you go to Scientology website, it doesn't tell you about this stuff because this is all stuff that you've got to pay and do courses for. So mm. we have to we have to rely on these Whatever other methods of, of evidence, yeah. like the FBI files, the WikiLeaks, the X-Men. Well, I mean, I suppose it goes against religion. So I'd love for them to reach out and inform us more so, but that is against their, I'm guessing, the religion to do so. Yeah, and even after you've left, um, most because most Scientologists have to sign an NDA. Mm. A non-disclosure oh, agreement. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a very it's some very brave. So you're allowed people. to leave. He's not allowed to talk about it once you that's, leave. That's right. But some people right. are very brave, and mm-hmm. you know, hats off to them, and they're amazing for it. But yeah, a lot of people have spoken out despite the fact that they've got an NDA against them. Okay. And that's, that's you know, amazing. Like so so brave, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Scientologists were not happy that there is a lot of this information in the public domain. And Scientologists also tried to sue WikiLeaks for copyright infringement when WikiLeaks got hold of all the materials about the operating Thetan levels 1 to 8. Okay. Yeah. Is it still on WikiLeaks? It's still on WikiLeaks. I've oh, read okay. it myself. Cool. A lot of it is in Ron, L. Ron Hubbard's own handwriting. Oh, as in like it's photographs of yeah. page. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not they're not just mad because it's, you know, makes them look a little bit magic crazy but also because these courses uh they they go on like we discussed before are super expensive so you've got to keep them secret so that people actually want to pay for them mm. so they weren't happy they weren't happy so there are eight official levels so far of operating thetans more might become available up to a level 15 at some point in the future that is uh, you know, it's really hard to say whether that will happen or not. Well, yeah, like practicing it's a very Scientology secretive. might be already past that as far as we know. Yeah. No, I don't think it has so far, but because Scientology is so secretive, we're just basing it on like some old writings of L. Ron Hubbard's and stuff that it might go up to 15, but it might not. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a little bit like the periodic for, table. Like yeah, so there's for, room for expansion. For, in the bit. There is room for expansion, but for a couple of decades, it's only gone up to level eight. Oh. Yeah. But there are some people that say that it's been promised that if Scientology gets to like a certain amount of members, that they will release the next levels. Right. So yeah. if all members get to level eight and we can't get more money from them, we'll release more members? Yeah, or just like levels, there right? are so many members of Scientology, now we're going to let some level eights go up to level nine, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 So your progression on this journey of moving up Satan levels is called the Bridge of Total Freedom. So we'll go through the operating levels. Operating level one and two, they are relatively they're relatively 
dull. Um, you you learn a lot. You do a lot of more clearing and, and stuff like that. And more clearing. Yeah, there's there's a lot of clearing. There's a lot okay. Of, yeah, there's a lot of auditing and a lot of clearing of engrams and things and like that. Accounts, yeah. yeah. And bank accounts. Yeah. And bank accounts. Yeah. It's really expensive. Uh, but yeah, relatively dull. But it gets pretty interesting at OT level three. And materials on this level, about this level, they're kept in locked rooms at the churches. And, and on WikiLeaks. <laughs> yeah, and it's on WikiLeaks. But yeah, they, they're kept in locked rooms. And if you're trying to take materials outside of these locked rooms, they have to be like chained. They're in a briefcase, like a chain to you, like a proper FBI agent. Cool. cool. When you're like yep. just walking around. Um, it's This is the bit where... Operating level three is also called the wall of fire because you're not allowed. This is like the, a moment of truth in a way. And you're not allowed to discuss it with anyone who is also less than operating level three. Now, what is this big secret? It's just the secret to the universe. And the answer is not for you to. But I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. So buckle up, buckle up. Okay. Okay. So before I jump into the story... Um, what we what we're not going to do is take the piss out of people that have fallen for this. So we can take the piss out of the story. Yeah. We can take the piss out of Alron Hubbard. What we're not going to do is take the piss out of people that have fallen for this because although it sounds ridiculous, the way that cults work is very clever. And um, obviously Thomas knows, but if people don't know this about me, I was I was raised in a cult myself, and it's very easy, very easy to to believe in what they tell you. And at this point, remember... Especially depending on what stage of life you're at and what you've gone through and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yep. And especially, yep. like, there's a lot of people, a lot of Scientologists that are, like, you know, second-generation Scientologists, things like that. And also, it's you must remember that at this point, when they get to operating Satan level three, they've already spent years and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in this. So, they've, mm. already, they've already got, like, an emotional connection. Mm. So, they're not just hearing a story and be like, that totally makes sense. They've, they've already got like an, an emotional connection to it. So we're not going to take the piss out of people that believe well, this. Well, so far I've been devil's advocate in people's back, so I wasn't going to do that anyway, but... Sure. <laughs> I haven't heard the story. Okay. <laughs> so right, this, I'm ready, yeah. This is a story that you hear once you reach operating level. Get, get operating nice and close Satan. to the microphone. I want to close my eyes. Let's get into this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Xenu is a supposed extraterrestrial supervillain and evil genius who is highly associated with the Scientology movement. When you reach Operating Satan Level 3, you find out that Xenu is a real figure. 75 million years ago, Xenu was the the ruler of the Galactic Confederacy, which consisted of 26 stars and 75 planets, including Earth. At that point, Earth was known as Tijiak. The galaxy was overpopulated and was about to unelect Xenu as a ruler, so he devised a plan. He rounded up countless citizens under the pretense of income tax inspections, but then he had them paralysed and frozen. All the frozen citizens were then taken onto his galactic cruisers, which looked like DCA aeroplanes with rocket engines instead of jet turbines, and flown to Tijiak, which is Earth. The citizens were offloaded and placed around the bases of volcanoes across the planet, which were then set off by hydrogen bombs, causing the spewing lava to kill them all. Once they died, their souls, known as Thetans, floated to the sky. However, Xenu knew this would happen and he didn't want this to happen. So he created a kind of wave known as electronic ribbons, which caught all the Thetans long enough 
for vacuum zones to take them to brainwashing facilities also built on Tijiak. There, the Thetans were forced to watch 3D movies depicting all-world religions, tricking them into believing a false reality, as in they were given made to watch false movies, which gave you the idea of modern-day religions like Christianity, like a false memory. Once they were released, they started to merge into groups of a few thousand and wandered the planet confused. When humans finally evolved into Neanderthals, the Thetans found them as bodies and attached themselves to them. This is the cause of humanity's fears, confusion and problems. As for Xenu, a government faction known as the Loyal Officers finally managed to overthrow him. He was locked away in an icy mountain prison, powered by an eternal battery, and has yet to escape. Is that the end of our story? That's the end of the, 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 the a much shortened story about what you find out when you're a Thetan okay, level so, so, so where did you read that? Um, there's a synopsis I read on the internet. Um, it's, it's, can I ask what? what oh, that's site? that's from that's from a wiki a wiki page. Yeah, but basically the story is the same everywhere. It's just that one was redacted. Okay, so like it, shortened in such a way that. Uh, I liked so the non redacted version of that can be found in the most reliable source of WikiLeaks. Still WikiLeaks. Yeah, still WikiLeaks, but okay. it's just like because it long... sounds like such a made up story to discredit Scientology rather than to it's a it's an actual leak. Yeah, but it's but it's not. Yeah, but they can't confirm that whether it is or isn't, will they? Because they don't can't talk about it. They can't talk about it, correct. So they won't confirm if it's made up or not. Yeah, but also ex-members have also confirmed the, Wik- the WikiLeaks documents are accurate. The FBI documents, they recovered in raids. They're, they're all the same. Okay, FBI documents, that's a bit different. That's on a... Well, I said that before. Like, we're going now, we're basing this on... No, well, so, yeah, I know, but you said... WikiLeaks, I, I, FBI raids, about that one in particular. Because yeah. it sounds so far-fetched. Yes. And it doesn't even sound very good. I mean, it's, I think it sounds interesting. No, I don't think I, it sounds true, but I no, think it sounds it, interesting. But it sounds so, I got stoned one night and wrote this whole story. Yeah, but L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction pulp writer. That's literally what he did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, been, been, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. And it's but like, maybe, <laughs> maybe in the case of Scientology, you don't. It's <laughs> a fucking good argument. <laughs> I'm really going to struggle to come back from that one. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe it's Scientology. You don't. I'm just saying. I know. Like, no, so many... no, that's a really good point. Okay, okay. Like, let, let me sit here and devil's advocate diddling children, you know? Like, some things you just don't bother doing. <laughs> We've had the devil's advocate around pedophilia. That's been a separate conversation. No, no. no. Okay. For people that no, 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 no. <laughs> listen to that podcast. No, that wasn't a podcast. That was a private conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, but we've discussed it on the podcast before, haven't we? I don't think about we... the difference between oh. paedophilia and acting on it. I'm pretty yeah, sure it came I think up. That has come yeah. up. Okay. So if you haven't listened to previous <laughs> podcasts about paedophilia, we're not for diddling children. <laughs> absolutely not. But we very have, against it. We have, however, discussed that um, paedophilia is an, a mental affliction. Apparently, we haven't. Done, I haven't done the research. It is. It is. Yeah. You it is a mental. No, it is a mental affliction. Oh, I don't know. It's not. So I'm not saying it is or isn't. The issue is like. Pedophiles who act on it should die. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm you, I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that statement. Yeah. I, I feel absolute awful like pity for pedophiles that don't act on their urges, because it is um 
it is just a, it is it's not a, a choice yeah it's not a choice it's a sexual direction much like being straight or gay or whatever it is mm-hmm. but you just have to be attracted to children um and that's fucking awful but, but the majority of silent pedophiles don't do anything about it because they also know that it's wrong and they shouldn't do it it's and it's the the minority of horrible pedophiles that we hear about on the news who act on it because they don't care about the damage that they that that happens when they act on their urges so yeah we've had discussions before that i do feel pity for pedophiles who don't act on their urges and if you are a pedophile that does act on your urges then like i said you should die but if you don't <laughs> I like that a little i enjoy that comment <laughs> but yeah just to put some how context did we get onto this? because you mentioned it so yeah, I just, but, but how I was, did i mention i can't remember I mention how it? you mentioned it but once you mentioned it you can't not put context <laughs> no, to it no i know, I know. I'm, 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 I'm happy with context yeah so that's the context of that Okay. Yeah. Oh no, because we were talking about me devils advocating Scientology. Oh, right, yeah, and yeah. Said, and I said, yeah, I wouldn't. It's a bit like I don't sit here delinquent kids. Advocate delinquent kids. I don't. No, no, no. But you just did. No, I didn't. That's kind of no, I didn't. What happened? I devils advocated being a paedophile. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A non-offending paedophile. Yeah. 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 But you can see. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's let's change the. Yeah. Let's change the subject because now it just feels like I'm defending. People, now I feel deeply uncomfortable because I do not, and they should die. That's right. I won't edit that out. Okay, thank you. So, what's amazing about OT level three is that most sorry OT yeah, so operating Thetan level three operating Thetan right yeah. Once you reach the operating level three, that's when we just Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. when you hear about the Xena story. Wall of fire. Yeah. Yep. Most Scientologists don't even get to operating Thetan level three level, so most Scientologists don't officially know about the Xena story. Mm-hmm. So the, the vast majority, if you've ever actually met... The pre's, the clears, the one and twos. Yeah. Yep. So if you've ever met a Scientologist in real life... So, is it, sorry, is there pre, there's clear? Pre-clear, is, clear. Is it in Thetan level one? There's not Thetan like, level zero? No, it's just like clear and operating Thetan level one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So there's four, and it's not till the fifth pretty much stage. Oh, I suppose so. But I think, yeah, I think they class the stages as once you're in operating Thetan. That's one and two and one, up yeah. to eight. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the three yeah. is where we hear yeah. about the Xenu. Yeah, because like, yeah. as I said, listeners are most likely one, the pre-clear. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So most Scientologists that you might meet, chances are they're not operating level Thetan, operating Thetan level three or higher. Mm. So most of them wouldn't, if you ask them about Xenu, they'll be like, oh, no, that's just an urban myth that people talk about to try and discredit us because they actually don't know that it's true because if you are operating level three and above, you'll actually find $100,000 if you talk about it to someone who's not that level or above. So you're not allowed to talk about it. Because of the NDA you have to sign before being Because of the NDA it. because it's just it, it's secret knowledge. And yep. also, remember, when you're paying for this knowledge... You I'd love to see the NDA. There's probably one online somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, if you're looking at this from a Scientologist's point of view, you've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to get to this level. You're not going to give the information away for free because you have to pay all this money to get to that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, everyone else has to do their hard yards too. Yeah, take some people with billions and billions of dollars. Oh, fuck, I'll flick over. Like Tom Cruise, maybe. Is he a billions and billions? Tom Cruise? probably. He might have enough to get that information and not care to publicly broadcast it. Yeah, but yep. also you feel special. You're part of like a secret club. Yeah, 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 but also if you've got billions and billions, you're part of a secret club already. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So you can actually go onto the Scientologist website and you can search Xenu on their search bar. Nothing will come up mm. because Xenu doesn't exist. Yeah, but also if they, that's the same argument for if they didn't believe it up. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like that is not this is not the published Scientologist belief. They've never made a statement discrediting it. Yeah. The the closest thing they have to a public statement about it is that on the website site, like, some people say the client Scientologists claim that you're uh, descended from aliens and Scientology basically. No, we don't claim that. That's ridiculous. Nothing about all this, um because what Elron Hubbard refers to all this you know, all this alien history as the space opera. And not nothing about that is ever referred to on the Scientologist website. You don't hear anything about aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like nothing at all. And we're just yeah, fully basing this on affidavits from ex members, FBI records, and the WikiLeaks documents. Yeah. So yeah, search Xeno on Scientology website. Absolutely nothing will come up. It just says nothing has been found. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then we'll go on to the the next the next levels. But yeah, if if you are thinking like, how do people even believe this? From coming from a cult point like of view, we're not going to criticize people for believing. We're not it. going yeah. to criticize people, and also from a very um, occult perspective, the amount of people that were like. Um, well, pooing this to have it, people's back. Well, imagine you've just gone through a real shitty life situation. A close person has left, died. You know something. Life sucks, and you have some come along that is supportive and friendly and helps you through stuff and makes you feel good and makes you feel better and then shows you how they found this happiness and you can keep doing this and you're down this path and boom, this is religion. Yeah, yeah, fully, and yeah, and it doesn't from- matter what religion it is. It's like that that. And so I, I think that's how I'm more spiritual than you. I like people digging themselves out of hole. I think that's where we differ because you were you were not brought up in a cult, and I was. No, absolutely. I'm not never going to argue that. Oh no, yeah. no I know yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I think that if you can, actually, no, there's too much of a subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. yeah. But I can just I can empathise that the fact that they that Scientologists feel so apart from everyone else because when you're a Jehovah's Witness, you call it. You call everyone else outside of you a worldly person, and mm. I can. And in my research of this, I can really, you happy, really sorry, see. Before you carry on, are you happy mentioning the religion? I think I already did. Really you just I? said a cult, no? Oh right, okay, yeah. But I was, now, but I, was, now you've said it. I was raised as a multi-generational Jehovah's Witness, right? Okay, so which I can is going to come as no, a we'll massive surprise okay. to all four of our listeners. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? This is such a shock. <laughs> um, and I can just in this research, I can just see like the uh, the fact that like OT level three, and then they think they've got this like secret knowledge, mm. and everyone else who's outside of it, or like it just, it g- gives you a sense of apartness, which is what cults try and cultivate. They try and cultivate a sense of being apart from everyone else, and they use that. To keep you apart from everyone else so that you feel like you're not part of the, and I say this in parenthesis, the world and everyone else's worldly people. And you are the only person that knows is true and... Well, because I picture so many people also feeling quite separated from the rest of the world and go like, yeah. and not wanting to be alone, but I don't associate with them. And so being a part of something must feel good. And, and Nothing how, wrong with wanting that feeling, by the, the way. The, the, yeah. I think that it's the most natural feeling in the world. Mm. And that's the problem. Mm. Cults prey on it. Mm-hmm. They pounce on it. They pounce. It also makes sense why there's a lot of levels. So it's not like, hey, boom, you're in, and now you get a chance to get comfortable and no, phase yeah, out of it. Like, oh, there's more the levels, more levels, and we'll unlock the next levels if we get enough people to get to level eight. Yeah, that they all start to feel. I wonder how many level eights they have leave. So fucking many. Oh really? So fucking many. 
but we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. You're really aggressive, yeah, like, pointy fingers. You said that. Oh, yeah, yeah I was pointing. Like, yeah. Point aggressive. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. But we'll, we'll just, um, we'll go through the, the rest of the operating levels first. Right. Um, so after operating level three, which is called the, you know. The wall of fire. Yeah, love it. Yeah, wall of fire. And we also learn at this point about body thetans. So we learned about that. Is this at level four? Level three. What? Um, no, no, you you do learn about body thetans at level three. Mm-hmm. Gets more in depth at level four and five. Mm-hmm. So a body thetan is basically because we we all we already know that we are a, a thetan, which is kind of like our soul. And then at this point, we learn about body thetans, which are basically thetans that don't have a body. So they attach themselves to you because you have a body, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a, a ghost. Mm-hmm. In a way, mm-hmm. and they get molt heaps of them can attach themselves to you. Oh, you have more than one. Okay, you, yep. you can have clusters of them. Mm. So you learn about these, and you learn about the fact that all phaetons. I could picture these also being an excuse for why you do horrific acts. Well, yeah, kind of, because you know how before we we're talking about being clear. Mm. Then you learn that you've actually got a whole bunch of body phaetons attached to you. Yeah, so I punched that orphan. Child, no, the Thetan made me do it. Was they do that? Oh, it's not so much that. It's just like you think that you're a clear, yeah, and then you find out that you've got a whole bunch of body Thetans attached to you, mm. which have got their own engrams because of their own traumatic experiences. Mm. So then you have to get rid of the body Thetans because they've got their own engrams. Okay, so yeah. then you like, sense. Yeah, 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 so it makes sense. But you're yeah. you at this point, you're like, bro, I thought I was clear, and now you're telling me that I've got all these body thetans attached to me because they don't have their own body so they're attaching to me and they've got all their own engrams because yeah. they've got their own mm. traumatic experiences now they're attached to me and I've got to get rid of them so then you've got to like put all this effort into getting rid of your body thetans like super frustrating so you learn that about that in level 3 along with the whole fucking Xenu story and that's why like level 3 is the, the wall of fire because it's like everything yeah, everything seems relatively normal up until then. Mm. Like you've got dynamics, you've got like, yeah, I can get on board with traumatic traumatic experiences. And like embedding themselves into your yeah. psyche. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. seems normal. Mm. Like even you said before, I can get behind that. Mm. And then you get to level three and it's like Xenu, fucking aliens, seventy five million years ago, volcanoes, fucking, you know, implants in your brain, etc. etc. Um, so yeah, wall of fire because it does get a bit fucking crazy after that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you learn at Body Satan's in level three, along with the rest of the craziness. Level four is then basically, like, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, including legal drugs. Don't do legal drugs. Don't do psychotherapy. Don't do psychology. That's all bad. And also, the Body Satan's are attached to you. Some of them might have also been uh, addicted to drugs, including legal drugs, in their past lives, so therefore you've got to exercise their addiction to drugs as well as your own addiction to drugs legal or not so like level four is basically drug rehabilitation except not just drug rehabilitation because drug rehabilitation sounds fine but they're also referring to things like antidepressants and paracetamol and stuff so that is where the name of our cocktail tonight came from what's it called again the the um the calmag which is that um mixture of all sorts of things that you have to start taking once you start to um journey on your bridge to the freedom you have to like have all the basically you have to do saunas and drink this horrible concoction of the, oh the orange kool-aid 
not the not the Kool-Aid, the Calmag, the cal the calcium gluconate, the magnesium carbonate, and the vinegar solution, and they had to like right when you describe that, I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah, no, because I, I said, I like, I said at the time we'll get yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah. this. So yeah. you you're having to drink this, you're having to drink this concoction and like sauna, it's going to sauna so for from like, that horrific poison to mm. this cocktail. How did you make those connections? Well, because <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hilarious. I was like, I wonder what that looks like. I, I, oh, so you looked up a picture and it looked like a I couldn't find a picture. So oh, okay. I actually Googled this, like, um, CalMag, what does it look like? And then I tried to find a picture of the individual ingredients in water because you have to mix it with water. Mm. And I couldn't actually find one. So I... Does that person we know that drinks horrific stuff still listen to this? I messaged my mother <laughs> and said... I said... <laughs> <laughs> I sent her a screenshot of the, the CalMag recipe. And I was like, Mum, what would this look like? I know you've drunk this stuff. What does this look like? Is it clear? Is it cloudy? What's the haps here? What does it look like? And she goes, oh, I think it would, my magnesium stuff comes out clear. So I'm guessing it's clear. So I like, okay, cool. I'll make a clear cocktail. <laughs> so yeah, I did ask that person that you're referring to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love her so much and I wish her all the best. I also like my other and I wish for all the best because... Yeah, but I said love. Like, I'm clearly higher up the rank than you. All I'm right. like a level eight <laughs> me, my love. <laughs> <laughs> and you're yeah. like level two. You don't want to step through level three. Well, I'm way down that I'm path. literally his second favorite child. Level two? You're not even a child. Yeah, I know. But all you have to do is just pay the tax. What's the tax? Whatever she wants. Yeah, that's just general she's Sinclair like, way of being. Uh, <laughs> what's the tax? What they fucking want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, sorry. We're talking about <laughs> level four being like, don't do drugs. Yeah. Yep. OT level five is learning about MEST, which stands for matter, energy, space, and time. Cool. Now, in levels um, four and five, you obviously you're learning about the Thetans, the body Thetans. Say that again. It's what? The body Thetans. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are attached to you, and then you learn how to get rid of them, and then you find out how to start taking control over your own consciousness. Why are you reading your book right to left? Because, because you just started instead of left to right. You just I just noticed you've gone, all your notes, you've gone from the right page to the left-hand page. Oh, because on my right-hand page is where I do my main writing. Yeah. And then sometimes I've got, like, little notes, like, right. bitch, you forgot about this. Add I was this like, in. how deep into this have you gone? I was like, no, you have to start writing backwards and upside down, otherwise they'll know. So fucking deep, bro. Yeah. I'm a, I am a, I'm a theta. Also, because suddenly your head's turned away from the microphone and you've gone <laughs> quiet. And, I was, that's why and I'm spewing <laughs> pea soup. <laughs> Are you struggling to read your notes? Yeah, a little bit. I'm like, fuck me. Was this like what, midnight when I was writing these? Anyway, but yeah, you get to... Right, you get... fold the page over. No, No, because you're not talking I'm... into the microphone. That's what I'm talking about. What do you mean? What do you mean so, so fold you see the page it's... over? Oh, okay. yeah. No, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> okay, move to... the page over. Yeah, so you can talk into okay. the microphone. Yeah. So we're at operating level five. Yeah. And at this point, you're trying to get rid of all your engrams, which are not just your engrams, but also like the alien ghost engrams that are attached to you. <laughs> Fifth week, yeah. And also the alien ghost engrams with drug issues. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get to operating Satan level six, which is we're just... We're people. We get... Are you sorry? Are you bored? <laughs> we've, we've talked about this a lot. Go, have go, we, go. Sorry, no, have we have we discussed have we discussed operating level Satan level six yet? 
I don't think. No, we, we haven't. That's no. why I said we're getting there. Go. Yeah. No, now I feel rushed. Okay, I'm sorry. Take your time, sweetheart. Nope. <laughs> what do you mean, nope? It's the podcast. You're not just going to stop. Oh, you give me the. She just gave me the little. She's not even going to talk now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to find out what's going on. Sorry. We'll be back in a sec. Operating station level six is developing your telepathy skills. What's telepathy? Oh, like controlling things with your mind. Isn't that. Right, yeah, to be telepath. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Telepathetic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all school. But yeah, <laughs> um, controlling things with mind, being able to read people's minds, things like that. You're not, it's not saying that you have all these skills, it's developing those skills. Okay. Operating level seven is projecting your intentions and um, mas- mastering matter, etc., and things like that, not getting sick. So it's basically building on skills that you start to learn on operating Thetan level six. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you shouldn't be getting sick anymore. Operating level eight. This is our highest level, and you can only do this aboard the Scientology ship called the Free Winds, which is usually tattooing around the Caribbean or the Caribbean. Oh, as I in, actually sorry, no not idea. a spaceship. Uh, yeah, yeah, an yeah. Okay, right. An actual ship. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't know how to, because I think Pirates of the Caribbean ruined me, and now I don't know if I should pronounce Caribbean as Caribbean or Caribbean. Caribbean or Caribbean? Because it depends. It's like, it's like, oh, I'll go to the, an island in the Caribbean on a holiday. Oh, I went to see parts of the Caribbean. We pronounce them both differently. What do you, how do you pronounce yours? Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? I don't know. But you've, you've said Caribbean in your lifetime, I assume. And you've also said Caribbean. Yeah, it's not something I use a lot in my book, like, really, though. I actually don't know how to pronounce it now. because I, I would trust in Google. Like ask Google how to pronounce it. Can we pause? <laughs> sure. Do you, want to, do you want to do that? Yeah. We'll do that. Do okay. So we just looked it up and apparently there's a British versus American differentiation between Caribbean and Caribbean. So there you have it. And this is why I was confused. Caribbean is British. Caribbean is American. No, the other way around, babe. No, the first one was American. Which was Caribbean. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Is that what you said? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Caribbean is American and Caribbean is British. Yeah. However, what the natives say doesn't matter because they weren't white. <laughs> Kidding. It didn't actually say that. But that is the only bit that matters. So operating face in level eight, even by Scientology standards, is controversial. A lot of Scientologists leave after this point due to getting disillusioned and frustrated because it's basically in the modern day iteration of OT level 8. You get to it. You go to this ship in the middle of the Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean. And then you find out it's basically all your past memories, all your past life memories. Because up until this point, remember, you've been doing a lot of research into your past lives. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of remembering into your past lives. And then you get to this point and it goes, all your past life memories that you've been, you spent years uncovering are not your memories at all. They're from your body thetans. They're false memories from your body thetans. And now you have to get rid of your body thetans and start from the beginning again. Start from the beginning again? Start from the beginning again. What does that mean? Get more thetans? Nope. Start from the beginning again. Start all the courses from the beginning again. Do it all again. Okay. Yep. So, as you can see, this is like a bit 
what the fuck? Why? Yeah, it's like, hang on a sec. OT level three, we found all, about all this amazing stuff about Xenu, and now OT level eight is like stuff. So there is there an eight point one two three four five six seven? It's all right. Don't worry, we all haven't right. finished yet. Okay. This is the modern day iteration of OT level eight. Right. And this is also why a lot of modern day Scientologists leave OT level eight because they get disillusioned. Is Tom Cruise still a Scientologist? Uh, yes, he is, as far as the public is aware. Okay. So um, yes, he yes he is. And he is OT level eight. Mm. Yeah. So OT level eight is apparently quite a lot of a letdown because it's all like um, you spent all this time, all this, all this money, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so many years of your life. And you get to OT level eight and it's like, okay, you can start again. Mm. Um, they get a massive, they get a massive disconnect with what they thought they were because if you think about it, all of our experiences make up what we are. Okay. I'm not yeah. being hippie about that because no, I'm no. an atheist. No. I'm not being hippie. All of our personal previous experiences, they make up exactly what we are. Mm. Scientologists at to this level, they believe that just a few steps more, they believe that all their past lives also made up who they are yeah. in that day. Mm. And they spent all these years looking into their past lives. And then they get to this level... And they find out that those past life memories are not memories at all. They're false memories. They're being implanted by their body thetans. And then they feel super just like super discombobulated because they suddenly find out that those are not their memories. They're memories of other beings. So does that also mean your memories of being a pre-clear and clear and thetan 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 is also not? Uh, no, not if that was in this current lifetime. It's just um, in Scientology, you get to remembering aspects of your previous lifetimes because you've, you're you a Thetan, which is an immortal being dating back like 75 million years. Or actually, even no, even prior to that, because that was just when... Oh, sorry, sorry, I need, I need to stop, stop here for a second because you're losing me. So it's when you get to level eight, you learn that all your memories aren't your memories. Is no, you, you learn... Sort of. You learn... Hang on a sec. Let's take it back a sec. Up until level eight, you're learning that a lot of how, what yourself is, mm-hmm. as in your ID, your id, yeah. is made up of previous life memories. Oh, okay. Like um, being reborn. What's yeah, the reincarnation. Reincarnation. Exactly. Yeah, in yeah, this yeah, case, okay. it's Assumption. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You learn, you're learning all this about the fact that all your previous lives are making you into what you are, yeah. which is basically the same as us saying that all our life experiences make us into what we are today. Right. Very true. Yeah. And in Scientologist's point of view, also very true. It's just this expands into their previous lives. And then they get to level eight and it's like, as you know, those previous lives that you thought previous lives of yours were not your previous lives. They were false memories implanted by your body thetans. And now what are you going to do? Now you're going to start again. How many times do you have to start again? Into infinity. Right. So it's just zero, one through eight, over and over and over. Yeah. And I assume you've got to pay each time. Yes, you've got to pay each time. So that is the modern iteration of OT Level 8. Now, the secondary reason as to why OT Level 8 is quite controversial mm-hmm. is because this is not the original OT Level 8. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now so what, juicy. Yeah, now it is, now it is quite juicy. Mm. So what I mean by that is the original OG Level 8 was quite different to the modern one. If this episode feels a little chopping starty, a little, <laughs> little, a little messy. It's because he just tried to um, take over a bit by reading my writing and he was not able to because you have to be a very clever it's person to read my writing. <laughs> it's written in hieroglyphs, if you will. <laughs> So we yeah we just discussed about how oh yeah you were here we just discussed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and okay, I'll pause it. no no we'll pause it again oh she's folded her arms we'll pause it again god damn it so the second reason that OT level eight is controversial is because there are two versions of OT level eight right you said that yeah yeah. 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 Remember when I said that the church attempted to sue WikiLeaks? Yes. Yep. They decided that the OT8 materials were a forgery. The so, ones on WikiLeaks? Yes. Yeah. So they're basically saying OT levels 1 to 7, yes, that is ours, where we're suing you for forgery. OT level 8, I don't know her. She's not our friend. Huh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they 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 like went away and then they come back and like oh yeah nah OT level eight that's not us. You think you did sue for the whole lot, but okay. No, well you would think that except they probably had a very good reason for being all like OT level eight that's not us. Um, ex Scientologists would support that the WikiLeaks document is the one that is not taught to modern Scientologists. So basically, we've got two versions of OT level eight. We've got the one that modern-day Scientologists believe, and we've got the one that is the original one from the WikiLeaks version. And then you're like, obviously, your question is, which one is accurate and true? Which one is what they believe? And the answer is probably a little bit more complicated. The answer is probably the modern-day one, and then the original one is one that they sanitized because it was too controversial. Right. And the reason we know that is because of the, the Fishman affidavit. So the Fishman affidavit is a set of documents. Fishman's a surname, not a the, type yeah, of species. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, a surname. The Fisherman affidavit is a set of documents that is provided by an ex-member of Scientology called Stephen Fishman. In 1993, he ended up taking Scientology to court, and these documents are part of what he used as his testimony. So the testimony that he had raised against the church. <laughs> We're laughing because I can, I can hear pages turning. You've just thrown your notes down. Oh, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> okay. I don't think I can do any more tonight. We're supposed to carry on tomorrow night? <laughs> We're going to have to. Make a, little, make a little note of where you're up to. It's like, you can pre-read and work at the pinfalls out of your hair. <laughs> okay. Well, t- tell you what, we'll wrap it up. Tomorrow night will be a new cocktail, same cocktail. Just drinking. She just spent. Okay, we're done. We'll, it's going to seem flawless for recording? our listeners. I'm still recording. What the fuck? I've got to find a way for that just to stop mid-conversation. No. We'll stop back there. No, we're not. We're going to leave all this in and we're going to carry on no, flawlessly tomorrow night, okay? No, we're not. I'm recording. I think she's pushed the microphone away. Are you raging out of this? We've come to the conclusion that for the first time, Hannah's incredibly drunk in this 
podcast because we've found a cocktail that's ticking the boxes. We can't hear you. You have no argument to this unless you talk into the microphone. I love those cocktails. <laughs> um, but to the point where I think the podcast is failing, so we might have to get some dinner on us. Um, we're going to see if... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll keep recording tonight. You don't need to care. It's still going to be one episode for you. Come on, give it a try. He used those documents in, in, in court against them. Yes, you did. Microphone, microphone, bring it back. I don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> we're talking about Scientology. Oh, yes. Um, and what's his name? Which one? The guy that you... Um, Al Horn Hubbard? Mate, pardon? Al Horn Hubbard? No, 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 no. No. No, some guy that had documents. He was level eight. Oh, um, Fisherman. Yeah. Fisherman. Yeah, yeah. What did he do? Stephen Fisherman. He produced some documents to the courts because mm. he was taking Scientology to court. Court, yeah. And he... Pre- <laughs> no, no, keep the microphone there. No, pull it back. Jeez. Oh, this is going to be hard work, guys. <laughs> Just put the notes down. We're done. Okay, we're done. Yep. I'm sorry. Welcome back, mate. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs> so in a, in a monumental milestone, we're now two days later on the morning, after the morning. After the evening. After the, no, it's two days later, so mm. it's the morning, because... <laughs> Well, someone had two very strong martinis on a pretty much empty stomach and wasn't able to finish the podcast. Kicked your it ass. was Thomas. <laughs> it was a nice change. <laughs> so, but no, I believe I believe me. we're up to the two different versions, vaguely around the two different versions of Level 8. Yeah, but I'm sure yeah. you're going to go back and do some editing magic to make no, it I'm a bit more seamless. No, I'm leaving most of the gold in. Please don't. No, I have to. If you do, I No, 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 don't say anything. Don't threaten me, because it's got to stay in. All right, I quit. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Two different versions of level eight. Yeah. So there's two different versions of level eight. Remember we talked before, I actually can't remember how we finished this, um, but the church attempted to sue WikiLeaks. I don't know if we covered that already. I think we might have. Okay. It's been a few days. I'm it's sure. been a couple of days and yeah. I don't remember much from the evening apart from watching Lord of the Rings. And even then, I'm not sure how far we got through. We didn't go far. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Thomas had to put me to bed. So... They decided that the OT8 materials were a forgery and testimony from ex-Scientologists would support the WikiLeaks, that the WikiLeaks document is not the one that is taught to modern Scientologists. On the other hand, the Fishman affidavit supports the WikiLeaks version. The Fishman affidavit is a set of documents provided by an ex-member, Stephen Fishman, in 1993 for a court case he raised against the church. The rest of the materials match, as in the other OT levels 1 through to 7, uh, or match, the WikiLeaks version matches the um, Fishman affidavit, and then materials from level 8 is all just what the fuck. Okay. Yeah. So it does look fairly certain that at some point, uh, probably in the mid to late 80s, the church sanitized OT level 8 from the original for some reason, possibly because uh, old Hub's mate describes in OT8 that he is effectively going to return after his death to fulfill an antichrist type prophecy and save the universe uh, with himself being the antichrist type character but this is a good thing and not a traditional bad antichrist Mm. Um, because he goes on to say that Jesus son of the devil just someone that's also opposed to Jesus yeah so the the prophets and stuff weren't all that great and I think we we definitely mentioned in um, the earlier part before I was deleted that um, he wasn't a fan of all the other religions apart from Buddhism. I said, okay. We said that, didn't we? Maybe. Yeah. 
And in OT Love Light Materials, the original ones, he goes on to say that Jesus was a homo and a pedo. Okay. And Christianity is a false religion. So apparently this didn't go down so well, even with the diehard Scientologists at the time. People got quite distressed at this information. Mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah, they decided to change it because it, it just wasn't it. So they made the change at some point and now OT level 8 is this super boring version that people get just super disappointed by because it's start again yeah try and get a new high school start again and yeah. very very lame so to quickly wrap up part 1 we, part 1 this is a two-parter yes this is a two-parter okay what's <laughs> this, what's this part's been okay sorry carry on yeah 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 uh, we'll just quickly finish with Ron's death. He passed away in 1986 after suffering from ill health and eventually a stroke. Now, of course, at the upper levels of Scientology, you're not supposed to get sick and die. So he didn't. He simply decided that his physical body was getting in the way, so he discarded it, so that he could continue his research on another planet as he was able to travel without a body now. So he was going to, you know, go to tour around Venus and things like that. Okay. And... Yeah, the Scientologist basically announced that he'd discarded his mortal body, mm. but like made it very clear. Like, there's a on YouTube you can look at you can look it up. Like, um, when the Scientologist announced it, they're basically saying that his body was strong and he could have used it for many more years, but he decided that it didn't, it didn't need any more. And it's basically an encumberment to him. So he says no, thank you, and gets rid of it, and then goes off to um, yeah, to around the universe. So okay. his how, how old was he? Oh, how old was he? He was in his, I think he was in his late 70s, early 80s. Okay. Oh, yeah, because he, 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 he was born in 1911, so. Was he looking older and frail? Well, the thing is, people hadn't actually seen him since about 1980. People hadn't seen him? Yeah, I mean, a few people had seen him, but yeah, not right, publicly right. Okay. So, so much in, until um, f since 1980. I'm going to assume that he was, did he, they see him near the end? No. Not at all. So I'm going to. It sounds a little bit like he was degrading a bit, and this yeah. is the yeah, okay. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was basically he basically went into hiding for a whole bunch of um, like some somewhat legal issues and media issues. We'll get into those a little bit mm. more in well, part I assume two. It's also, just the belief issues. If your body shut down, you're looking like a frail old man. It, yeah, that was that was that. your religion. But he he was at the end of his life. He was uh, basically hiding away, uh, doing in parenthesis research. Mm. Um. And he was yeah, living in like a real luxury motorhome somewhere and just wasn't wasn't seen by anyone. The, the other senior church members basically took over. Mm. So his his death, if that's how we're describing it, his... Um, ascendance. His ascendance, his, his body... His body... Removal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Removing his dissertation <laughs> from his body? Yeah. Um, it was announced to Scientologists by... David Miscavige, which is a name that many people will be familiar with if you've got a passing interest in Scientology. And in the next chapter, we will talk about Scientology in the modern day, the Sea Organization. The Sea Organization? Yes, Sea Org. Okay. Yeah, it's about Scientology. All their various controversies, some of their famous members. Hello, Tom Cruise. And, of course, where is Shelley? Oh, Oh, I know. Yeah, I have no idea. What that means, I know. I know you don't even so, know who Shelley is. Yeah, you said it in such a way that I'm yeah. just like, oh man, I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is that part one? We're good. Yeah, we'll wrap up part one. 
But we were so close to the end. The other we're night. so close to the end, but I was just like, I can't, I can't, I, I didn't have any confidence in my ability to answer any of your questions or also read any of my notes. You just blue which, screened on me. Yeah. 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 Just, <laughs> my notes are already pretty, pretty rough. And add to that, two strong martinis on an empty stomach. And yeah. Yeah, we've gone burgers. It must have been your second martini because I was like, fine. The first one was absolutely fine. Went down easy. I was feeling absolutely yeah, more normal, drinks fine. More that effect. Yeah, but usually there's a progression. It, well, I, I made it exactly to your instruction. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the the glass was quite a bit more full than my one was my first one. So I'm just guessing that I had like probably like yeah, twice the amount of gin that I was expecting. Maybe because it's that cocktail is pretty much just ninety five percent straight gin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. But no, there was no progression of like, oh, I've got a nice buzz on. Oh, I'm getting a bit giggly. Maybe we should slow down and have some no, water. And it seemed like that. We were going for it, and then like, and then, you, then are, you, just like are you drunk? Oh. And you're just like nodding at me. It's like, <laughs> I can't function. <laughs> So, um, yeah, eat eat food before you have martinis, kids. <laughs> and adults. <laughs> and adults. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. I, I I enjoy knowing nothing about Scientology, and it's hard to be devil's advocate for them. Yeah, but you watched the, um, this morning you watched the a little recap of, of the South Park. The South Park. I don't know, like half of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was, in, like, it was similar along those lines, but it felt like it was getting into spoiling some stuff for me. So okay, so you stopped. I, I stopped, yeah. I don't yeah. like I don't That like guy them. that was reacting to it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, mm. but he's great. I've been watching quite a few of his, because he was an ex-member, as you probably gathered. Mm, mm. Uh, I've been watching quite a lot of his stuff over the last couple of weeks. All right. Because uh, he's really informative. That's how I have to remember his name and to give him a shout out in the next next video because if, if you are interested, he was a, he was a great resource. Yeah, and he commentates South Park, which is a different whole different medium to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the ex Scientology members um, on on Reddit, the subreddit, is also fantastic if you've got an interest in in interacting with ex members or just people that are interested in the craziness that is Scientology. It's a, it's a fantastic resource and uh, starting off point for. Well, what was that? Further the Reddit. Yeah, the um, Scientology Reddit. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, great resource. So that's going to sum up part one of Scientology. Yeah, that sums up part one, and we'll see you next week to talk about Scientology in the modern age. But also, well, it's too late to do this at the end. But we should give a little bit of a please follow Hannah on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not me. The Tim Fall Tavern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you are the Tim Fall Tavern. I am the TikTok. I don't think you've even seen my TikToks. I've, you've shown me some on your phone a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But what is the TikTok? What do you mean? Oh, the, t- the, the name. The t- yeah, t- yeah, yeah. How do people hang find on, it? Hang on a sec. It's probably just like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the Tim Fall Tavern. Yeah, but some, some ask for like underscores. Yeah, I know. Stuff. But like if you start playing with those variations, I think like Instagram's the underscore. Yeah, the underscore Tim Fall underscore Tavern. Yeah, yeah that's probably most On my most TikToks because I'm down with the kids. Yeah. Not in a creepy way. YouTube's a little bit lagging behind. It's getting there though. I guess Spotify, wherever you listen to us, that's our primary at the moment. But Yeah, we, we usually just send a link to our four followers. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my name's Thomas. My name's Hannah. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.